0: Okay, so we're good to go. We got everybody ready to roll? I thought we were started. I thought it was a pretty solid introduction. Hey, <laughs> One of the best. Welcome to Cowboy Shit. This is episode number seventy-five. I'm Ted. He's Sean. We got Wacy on the phone. We've done seventy-five what up? shows. What up? We uh, we don't know. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say right now, but we've been we've done a lot of shows. We've got Sean to thank for that. He's been our editor for the last I don't know, probably quite a while. He like. Do you, have, have you I'm kept not, track because I have not I don't remember where we're at' now. Be close to like a year now eh like you're probably get, mm, would be getting uh, close would be to 25 25 26 shows now a year is 26. And that so. could be it's pretty cool you guys have yet to miss a date 75 shows That's a lot more than a lot of podcasts can say. We're on we had one Thursday. Oh, so we did. We did have a Thursday. Ooh, yeah. I do. I, I do remember uploading back. one on a Thursday. That was probably my. That's I'm gonna, shameful. I'm gonna put that on me. That I, uh, I uh, probably messed that up somewhere. That I was late. Way to wear that. Way to wear that
1: one, Ted. Yeah, it's huge. I'm gonna
0: forward. take that one. Um, it's a good leadership move. But so we're at Sean's house, the Impact Audio World headquarters from Spruce Grove, Alberta. Uh, we've been on the road for about ten days. By the time we get done this show, we back home again. But i uh, been doing some sales. been selling some cowboy ship merchandise. If you don't have any yet, you'll be able to find it now in a store near you. We'll update that. And online, stores. too, right? Yeah, always online. Check it out online. It'll be good.
1: Don't forget about that.
0: Where have you been Lunch lately, friend, don't Ted? You where, about. where did your travels take you on this trip? Oh, everywhere. I've been everywhere, man. Yeah. Okay. Like that, summarizes where Ted's been. that was on. a great answer to that question, Ted.
1: Fucking good job, dude.
0: <laughs> we, uh, we went to... We went to uh St. Paul. You're in a
1: combine, that's cool, man.
0: St. Paul, Bonneville, Lloydminster, Vermilion, um, Wainwright, Fabian, Vegerville, Edson, Drayton Valley, uh Westlock, Barhead, Grand Prairie, Fairview, LaCrete, Keg River, Spruce Grove. And we're going to Edmonton tomorrow.
1: Basically, the bottle of Alberta.
0: The COVID capital of Alberta, Edmonton, tomorrow. <laughs> going into the eye of the storm. Going into the eye of the storm. I think, isn't Calgary the COVID storm. capital? No, Edmonton's the clubhouse leader. Edmonton has. <laughs> That's funny. After
1: all the <laughs> trooping that Edmonton used to do about Calgary, now you guys Build shoot on the, the other foot.
0: Build the wall. Take that. You so, know, a lot of people have been to La because there's a rodeo there, but yeah. I'd say a, not a lot of Albertans have been north of La Crete where you went. That's you're good Keg River, River. Is south. Keg River is south of Le Crete. Okay. Isn't Hay River up there too? Hay River is another three hundred k or three three hundred fifty, I think, from Keg. Like, but it's like Hay River is the territories. Like it's, yeah. My uncle. I
1: played hockey against Hay River one time when we lived in Peace River. Damn.
0: They uh, my uncle farms up there with my cousin and my grandma's up there. My mom's up there. Uh, A whole bunch of
1: you rode in a combine, yeah. That was neat, big farmer boy.
0: Hadn't been to one of those in a long time. Just took a case of Bronx beer in there, checked it out. No free ads, Ted. No free, uh, it's (laughs) not a free ad. We're working on that. (laughs) Bronx beer, if you guys want to hook us up, beer's good. Um, combine.
1: So, how did you get to drive the combine? Like, dive into that a little more.
0: No, I did not want to mess that up. There's a lot of money in those things, like about a half a mil. I don't have that.
1: Man, I wrecked a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar combine one time. It's the How? worst day of my life.
0: How did you do that? Are you still uh, paying I that off? Her... Is that why you're broke?
1: <laughs> oh no. Um it they all luckily it wasn't like a big wreck. It's like the I was straight cutting wheat. First time I were driving a combine, so it was a little overwhelmed, so the buddy like kinda wrote, like showed me the ropes for the first in the trainee seat. Like like half like half an hour and then he's like, You think you can do this? I'm like, Yeah, for sure, man. I got this totally.
0: Crashed into a have, ditch. I didn't I didn't have it. I didn't How have it. No, I was, How old are you? Did you even have a real oh, I would have, like,
1: have been like 20. Hmm. I would have been like 20. Yeah. Like, yeah I, I, um, it was when I was working PFRA pasture So I freaking was, was making a corner and I, I was going a little too slow and I plugged the combine real bad. Right,
2: right.
1: And like, there's this thing, it's like a lever you can pull that like kind of unplugs. I can't remember what part of the combine it is. But anyways, I was like, I, I radioed and I was like, yeah, I plugged up. This isn't good. Come help me. So there was somebody who was like pulling on this lever and snapped it right off. Wait, like, you snapped the lever right off? Yeah, like trying to unplug this combine, and it was it was like it wasn't a big fix, but like it was enough to like shut us down for the rest of the night. So he's like, "Yeah, you can just go home." I'm like, "Okay." And then I retired after
0: that. Oh, that ain't good. That is not good at all. Yeah, you've done a lot I'm a of rancher. different jobs. I'm, I'm, Wait, so you see I'm, you've worked on the service rigs, you uh, semen tested bulls. Would you say I that was a roofer?
1: I was a roofer.
0: Would once. you say that your longest running job is with Cowboy Shit the podcast? My just longest about, running job. Just about 3 years. Like that's got to be a record for waste. 3 years. I worked on weeks. the rigs
1: for th- I worked on the rigs for 3 years.
0: 3 winters. You didn't that wasn't yeah. full time, right? Oh, and this I is full time. Well,
1: like ranch and ranching, ranching <laughs> would have been my whole my like longest full time job. Cause I've been I was technically an employee of the ranch for like when I was like 12.
0: The 13. bar of the ranch since you were 12?
1: No, I've been an employee like I've been employed at the like I was empl- I started getting paid at the ranch when I was like 13 so i did that for a long time
0: okay huh
1: but this would did i wish it would be one of the longest ones for sure man totally or my my casual ec employment
0: bi-weekly for almost three years <laughs> and we're not talking like bi-weekly payments we're talking like we only work for a couple hours once a week yeah once but like other week. But
1: <laughs> back to sean's thing i have i've had quite the, the different variety of jobs over the years i've done everything from roofing to the rigs to an accounting clerk to a sales rep for beers
0: so in your in your uh travels and your work and your life goals so far how high does 75 episodes of cowboy shit rank
1: it's pretty this high is- man i would say definitely like top top three top it's pretty 12. cool like
0: top 30 that's it's pretty cool. cool
1: i think we we'll like to, to like start something from scratch and to build it into what it is now i'm not saying that we're like huge or anything but like we've a massive pretty good following and we with the merchandise line now and like people we're, we're, getting, we're in our in our little circle we're pretty big which is kind of cool and to go from where we where we started from without not having a clue what we're doing to where we're at now i think it's a pretty cool accomplishment
0: we still I, don't know what we're doing but i'd say you exceeded 98 percent of people's expectations oh well, for sure man I, I, which is a diss to your former self and a compliment <laughs> to uh it <laughs>
1: Well, it, it, it just kind of, yeah, it's kind of cool, like I said, to like start something from nothing, like basically Ted being like, hey, you want to do a podcast? It's like, it's it's the most like, it's a typical like millennial thing to do too nowadays, right? It's like that's yeah. what people are age to do now is start who, podcasts yeah, and then have it turn into and then like to turn into something that's actually successful, like for the most part the now, especially now like, over the last year, I think we've gained a lot of traction in what we're doing. So I think right. if, I mean, that's super cool, man. I don't
0: but want for- you guys to go too far into this because I want you to save this conversation for episode 100. Oh, okay. Which is going to be huge. Okay, I'll let, I'll let it happen. Um, so we'll do our uh, we'll do our redefining of cowboy shit at episode one hundred. We won't do it right now. We'll do that later on. We'll save that for ne- be, down I the line. It'll be, it'll be about this time next year. That'll be about next September. Will be a hundred. So, right. uh, not too far off. That'll be year three and three quarters. It'll be
1: interesting, interesting to see what happens in a year. Yeah, exciting times. <laughs> yeah, exciting times lie ahead for cowboy shit
0: during COVID. Definitely, it's definitely a different time right now. But uh. So yeah, seventy five. Been what's been highlights for you so far, Waze? Like, what's your favorite show so far? Um, you've asked my favorite show, show so
1: far, I think, is like, is easily for me, is the the one we did with Jess Lockwood and James Foley. Like, that was just yeah. so much fun to record, and like, we laughed the whole time. And yeah, it was just really cool to like, and then obviously being able to talk to Ron McLean, like, that was one of the coolest things ever. Like, a person you grow up idolizing and watching on TV every Saturday night, you get to have a conversation with them, and he like. Remembers your name and like is really engaging. That was really cool too. But yeah, I think to this point, the the one the ones we did in Saskatoon, those were fun, man. Like just the junk good atmosphere. Cast. Yeah, just like it was just sweet, man. I mean, we literally parked it in that bar for like four hours and just I chilled didn't out. Have and one beer. Last.
0: I didn't drink at all. But yeah, it was it was a couple, good time. I agree. Yeah, you are the, the only You one drinking. Sean, what do you? Think?
1: You guys don't know how to have fun, man. Well, I had Anyways, how to work. Anyways, but yeah, that for me those were sweet. What about you guys?
0: What do you think, Sean? Uh, I think, Brett, I was on Brett, Brett Gardner Live, and he asked me this, and I hadn't thought about it in advance, kind of caught me off guard, but I have really enjoyed um Best Bull Riders of All Time, Best Bronc Riders of All Time. And then this show, The Best Bulldoggers of All Time. Exactly. So I enjoyed those two, and then, uh, Kidnapped in Istanbul was...
1: Oh, right, awesome. yes. Yeah. That's, that's the one, man. It's I mean, that's like when I talk to people about our podcast, that's the episode I tell people, people listen to. Like, yeah, that's just, I agree. It's a captivating story, man.
0: That's the that's the uh, the intro to Cowboy shit. Now is is kidnapped in Istanbul. If you haven't, I think heard it, the ba- the Bachelor episodes 65. were really fun too, man. Yeah, I was gonna say my favorite ones have been those, just because it was kind of. I guess it was kind of was it my idea? I don't remember now, but I think it was your idea, man. I think I had the idea to make to just copy the Bachelor and put on a podcast, and it has been. They've been pretty and they've turned, entertaining.
1: And oh man, people love them, dude. Pretty I I get chirped by random people I don't even know about it. Them.
0: <laughs> How many? Yeah. Update. Have you had any more uh, Tinder dates off of like? <laughs> no, off I haven't. The man. Cowboy shit fame. Not yet.
1: Not <laughs> <sure>? <laughs> no. Okay. No. How many
0: ladies have you found on there or came across that are wearing cowboy shit gear? At least yeah, one. We saw one at one point, right? Like you. you one were, for
1: sure. Totally I've seen sure. a few more. I yeah, think I think I've seen like at least three.
0: We're in our merch already on Tinder. What does that say about heck? a gal? How? What can you Damn. decipher about a girl if she's wearing cowboy shit?
1: She's a horse girl, probably. She likes to party. She likes horses.
0: But have they? Have any? Have you swiped? Uh, is it right? Is a right? good one or left?
1: No, no. I know. I, I I you try. I I tend to up. stay away. I, I tend to stay away from. from I try fans? to stay away from horse girls. <laughs> stay horse away from, girl, from fans? fans. Don't date from fans. fans man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. About, yeah, I can't. You don't date I fans, but date fans. what if they
0: were groupies? What if they were cowboy shit groupies? Just for waste. What if they just bought the merch for waste? Like in an imaginary to... world if there was cowboy shit groupies. Like we're trying to they're trying <laughs> yeah. to help fund your education through buying merch and they
1: I mean if I could get a sugar mom out of it I'd be down for sure.
0: <laughs> oh wow. And I'd
1: be down with that I'd be down with that in a minute. Um, would be kind of cool man. I don't know if that's ever going to happen but
0: Bo- it was, was funny.
1: I, 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 told, I told this last time was when someone like messaged me and was like are you wasty from cowboy shit? And I'm like yeah.
0: Damn right I am. I've had that happen to me. I've had that happen to me twice. Do you want to sign T shirt? <laughs> <laughs> we can promo we can promo some t shirts and hats if you're gonna sign them for the birds on Tinder. Oh
1: god, man. <laughs> I just, man, I just come out cost like the biggest dick ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Just full like who was it? Was it Larry Mahan that was it? guy that made you like pay for his autograph back in the day was that oh really i don't I think there's that's a business name. man oh, ah. it's like have you guys seen we had me to
1: start doing cameos you ever heard about the cameo app no
0: or wait maybe, maybe it's like an
1: app it's like an it's like an app where you can like pay celebrities to record a video like of them like wishing happy birthday or just like nobody's, telling a story or whatever
0: nobody's gonna pay us anything for that
1: i don't know man you never know <laughs> we got some fans out there Maybe one day. I could be a goal. This time next year, me, you, and I should be able to make cameo appearances.
0: Hey, I'm Wasey.
1: <laughs> Happy birthday.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, That'd be great. We'll have, have a good day. We'll see. Thanks for listening and putting up with our bullshit for 74 and a half shows so far. Uh, thanks again, Craig Guthrie. Chance butterfield for being on episode 75 here we're going to talk about the top 10 bulldoggers of all time from canada canadian born uh we don't know a ton about bulldogging but it was it was a lot of fun to talk to these guys uh hope you guys enjoy the show
1: we're lucky we had those guys with us
0: oh they were great very great so we'll come back and we got a couple other stories after this after the interview with these guys but enjoy the top 10 bulldoggers and we'll be back after this Welcome to episode 75. This is Cowboy Shit. I'm Ted. He's Wasey. That's me. And uh, we're back. The 75, eh? That's kind of neat.
1: It's crazy to see where we've came, how far we've came along. Where we've came?
0: From. (laughs) Is that a word? (laughs) Awkward.
3: (laughs) Two steer wrestlers. (laughs) Don't know what to think
1: here. It's going to be a long day.
0: (laughs) Well, for episode 75, we figured we'd have another, uh, make a big deal out of it. Make a list. We're going to make another list. It's episode 75. So here we are. We're We're
1: We're counting down the top 10 Canadian steer wrestlers ever
0: yeah the best ever the best canadian steer wrestlers ever from Which, canada that are canadian and <laughs> Born in canada. most
1: people know that we're not steer wrestlers so we had to bring yeah, in a I few know. experts I to help to like hold our hands through this before process. we before
0: we get to that part how much steer wrestling did you do in your life zero scared i'm terrified did you do anything on the ground or like anything like that i'm maybe shoot dog a couple times and so like, you did it a little bit yeah yeah because i did that too like a little bit yeah if you believe like, it, like me Shoot dog! Oh like man, I'm not bad. Look at me, I'm not. They built gave me the littlest ones. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I had to pull the tail over so I could get them down.
1: Well, and then like, um, <laughs> like I was saying before, we were kind of bullshit. But it before was We started recording. Like the the fact of like jumping off a horse at a high speed, high onto speed. a 600 pound steer does a not appeal to me at all. Equine velocity is yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. not that say. doesn't jive with me. So yeah.
0: Okay. Well, let's introduce our
1: guests. Okay, so all right at the
0: table, we're on the we're having sweet Sunday. So part of our
1: expert panel. We yeah. have a former final. guest of the show, yeah, and self proclaimed Twitter comedian, <laughs> <laughs> Canadian Finals Rodeo qualifier, and he almost died. <laughs> Chance Butterfield. I'm gonna throw in there. I'm not self proclaimed. <laughs> I, <know.
0: laughs> I think I don't even know if it's self proclaimed. It's, it's, yeah, it's just you are. A it's just good. Yeah, you got good content. You are a guy. Cute. It's good stuff. I and like our it. and our other uh, panelists, I guess we our esteemed panelists today. He's a former Rookie of the Year, two-time CFR qualifier, and one of the most respected cowboys in the country. He now makes his living in finance, but if you asked him, he's most proud of his two boys, Clay and Walker. From Pinocchio, Alberta, please welcome Craig Guthrie. Uh, Okay, so where do you guys want to... How do we want to start? Do you want to make fun of me trying to bulldog first, or...? (laughs) I think we should have a demonstration,
4: but since oh this is God. an audio situation, oh, I guess we can't go there. Strap some
0: plastic <laughs> horns
3: on Wacy and see you guys. God, please no. You guys, I'm hurting
1: enough. I'm hurting enough already today. I don't need you to get a wrestle to the ground. <laughs> That's great. are going to get up. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Waste is the only real cowboy here. He
4: showed up hungover. So. Yeah, he's legit. That's, yeah, that's yeah. actually kind of. I was true. out doing some cowboy mm-hmm. shit last night. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: <laughs> we were poking at him. It's, yeah, actually, only one to stayed true to his colors, colors there. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And I still showed up on time. Yep,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was that's early. again like that usually was like a, a
1: bull rider were, like usually wouldn't show up on time.
2: For
0: no, most you were hungover. actually even not. I could even say you were early. Yeah. Yeah, I was early. That was good. Well I think done. since you
4: guys have never traveled with Chance, you've underestimated the uh success rate of us getting here. His uh, his driving skills are suspect at best and his timing I've, is sometimes I've heard about off. That. So we were early on time and there was no incidents that this I'm is, aware This of.
3: is daytime driving though, Gusson. <laughs> a small percentile safer here yeah, during the day. When the curtains go down, you should be in the driver's seat. Don't let yeah, chance drive. Give me <laughs> out.
0: Let's talk about uh let's should we get right into this list or not yet?
3: Well, I think probably I think it's fair to say, um, and Gus, Gus and I were talking about this. Like when we, when we talk about steer wrestling in Canada, like our talent pool here is, it's deep, and I mean, it's not just any particular decade. It's it's stretched out, you know, well over time, and it's hard to like. The nice thing about the way that your guys's point system works, like we are focusing on the best cowboys to come out of Canada that have been exposed on the world stage, and so we have this point system put in place where none of our own bias can really fit in here because there's going to be if you talk to twenty different cow or twenty different steer wrestlers, you're going to have twenty different opinions on this list. So for sure, this way we can be completely objective. Um, this list on the top ten. You know, if you were to say the best bulldoggers, period, to be Canadian-born, you know, I'd say there's probably some movement there. But because there are some guys that did stay in this country that never did expose themselves, that I think would probably rank up there with these guys. But with the way that this point system works, we can we can kind of meet the subjective of the top ten guys on the world stage. It does work
4: well because it is a it's a formula that you've used before, anyways. Yeah. With the with the bull riding and the bronc riding. Mm-hmm. And I, and I know it creates some feedback with, the, well, what about this guy and what about that guy? But it's it's just the math. You know, you can say statistics are for losers, but it's a starting point and it does give you a, a a place to start from. And it is is as you know as it as it pertains to the world stage. So it's kind of a it's an interesting look. And because I'm not a statistics guy, it was different for me to look at some of these these numbers and go, man, I, I didn't realize that guy won that much. And some of them was like, man, I thought he did better. You know, <laughs> you know. So you kind of start looking at it going. Okay, that's what those guys delivered and then try to apply that to their circumstance or their kind of their era. It's it's I, I found it pretty interesting to go through it. So we have
0: the those other two lists so far you mentioned earlier, Craig. What about do you think we got those right? Are they uh, are they kind of correct or, or what do you think? Like are we gonna be able to do this one correctly with the with the Bulldoggers or are we gonna get a bunch of trouble, oh, a bunch of hate anx- mail?
4: Anxiety through the roof. Uh, because it, as as always, you know the, the the listening audience probably looks at the uh, the stat and says, "Well, this guy's the best. This guy's is the worst. Whatever." You know, there's everybody's got their own feel for what that actually is, and and you're going to take some heat. So I'm you know I'm going back to the, the conversation we had about the bull riding. You know, there's there's a top ten bull riders from Canada list, and and Schiffner's not on it. Well, how's how's that possible? And then once you look at the math, then I then I understand, you know, it's uh, it, 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 there is a subjective element to it. So I'm sure that uh, no matter what, uh, uh, Chance and I will probably take some heat. Uh.
0: How mo- Should we just pre- preface this and start off right off the bat and just apologize to Cody and Curtis about Greg not being in the top 10? Because <laughs> well- I could see myself getting beat up over that <laughs> well, one. No, just it's just not- go ahead and say, I'm sorry, guys, but based on the point system, it wasn't like it was my idea, but I didn't, I don't know, just... Well, I mean, we're we're 100 percent throwing you under the bus. Yeah, no. So around the practice idea, uh, Ted's idea, frigging guy, he came up with this deal,
4: and we can (laughs) stop him. That's that's the math. uh, That's what I'm going with. Uh, Those guys are uh, uh, actually support uh, not so much me anymore, but certainly my boys, and uh, uh, so I can't afford to be at odds with them. They uh, they haze for chance too, so he's probably getting run over at the. Those guys are (laughs) both
3: assholes to me on a daily basis, anyways. So it's just dishing on some more. But I mean, I think that's fair to say. Like there there are some legacy names that are on here that the. guys have been builders they're legends in their own right here in canada and i think uh yeah and i think that's where you know this list with the points for the objective that a guy's going for this is what it is and it gets rid of that that bias because there's i'm looking at this list here right now at the guys just outside of that threshold and i'm seeing a bunch of Bad sons of guns. So yeah, it's you know the the we had some
4: help uh, with the stats. I think uh, Brian uh, Brian Neal uh, put together some numbers and and yeah. shared some spreadsheets, and we've been making some revisions to that. And and you look at the guys that were just outside the top ten, and it's a cluster of points in, in this formula, and uh, and you got you know some guys that are well before uh, any of our time. The you know Dave Penner is is just outside him and and Harold Mandeville, and that's from yeah. a whole different yeah. era. Yeah and, and, you know, big names in their own right. And they, they have some interesting uh, angles too, that, 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 at that time uh, steer decorating was, was one of the main events yeah. and it was just morphing into steer wrestling. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say that if it was straight steer wrestling, those same names would still appear because they were still the, 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 men of the time. Uh, but, you know, you look at it Dave Penner, he's the, he's the first guy that made the NFR and the steer wrestling from Canada. Uh we we uh, were looking up some information on him because obviously before my my time or knowledge base and and he was the fast time at the uh, at the NFR that year it was eight three, and if you've watched the NFR recently eight three doesn't get it done but you know so it tells you that they probably had some monstrous cattle and that was pen and
0: nineteen sixty nine too just yeah. for the record.
4: Like crazy time. And you know there's and, and you know when he came up in the time with the uh, you know with the the diesel burners. So Chance's mm. family, the the Butterfield boys, they were they were monsters and didn't let anybody win uh, uh, more than what they had to and and he came through the middle of that. So, you know, there's some neat uh, some names on the on the on the list that are just outside of it, you know, Greg Cassidy, he's got you know, what is it?
3: Something like 14, 20
0: 20 Canadian Yeah, 13 in the steer right? wrestling alone and right? yeah. yeah. And if we and if it, it's it's almost like I don't want to say it's almost kind of like the Schiffner comment, but it kinda of, it kind of is because he doesn't bit, right. have the NFR qualifications where he was one in Canada for yeah twenty years, right? Yeah. He was in the in that in that same kind of same kind of realm I yeah. say.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean at the end of the day we all make our own decisions on what we want to do. I mean with this sport. Like there's a reason that I decided to pick you up a career s- in rodeo here in yeah. Canada. I given I'm never gonna have the accolades that Greg Cassidy had. But I mean, I'm just saying for an example, there's some of these guys that are world class cowboys can oh, be bold. yeah for sure with the guys on the world stage, but, I mean, just never really did put that much emphasis on getting across the line. Well, but well, for
0: Greg, too, like, he likely, I'm just making this up right now, but he likely stayed home for the success of his sons who are both on the list. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, he probably stayed home for for their sake. Yeah, yeah and and to, to have been successful in Canada. So, I
4: mean, you could argue all day that we should be including a, a Canadian finals qualification, Canadian uh, finals average, in these numbers because, you know, and, it, and, and th- that isn't the formula, but if it were, it might change a few things. And and these guys had to beat out the best in the world to get that because it's yeah. the, the steer wrestling has been deep enough in Canada and the rodeos pay enough in Canada that we had for the most part, you had the bigger names uh, from the U S coming up here. So if you made the Canadian finals, you won the Canadian title, you did it against some toughs and, and, it, and you could see that in Calgary, uh, you know, and, and there's another you know format that you you know cowboys have sometimes argued about over the years that, that you know as a percentage of contestants at the Calgary Stampede, uh, the the number of Canadians and there are much less than the number of Americans. Then correlate that against the wins. And the Canadians have held their own. Yeah. Well, and more so than their representation, even. And and that's kind of a neat, you know, in, in the steer wrestling for certain. And so there's some neat, you know, nuances there to say, well, yeah, this is Canadian focused, but you really have to be at a at a world class level to do you know any of the things that these gentlemen have, have pulled off.
3: Yeah, and I I will add to that too, like when you take a look at the C F R, you guys know the rule as far as like the limit for the Americans coming up, like actually yeah. being able to make the C F R, which I never 70, really right? agreed there's with only at five all. Five
1: or seven? Five. Yeah, five. five so I think Per event, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. I think the
3: most for Americans and like these are world class guys, Hunter Cure, like these guys coming up. Like I think we've only let in maybe two or three max. I think in the bulldogging because like we've Matt never Reeves, hit, Trevor Knowles. Yeah,
0: it's only been a few. Like there yeah. has not been that many. We've, just a handful. We've yeah. never yeah. ever yeah. hit yeah. the Jason cap. Thomas and yeah. even Jason with,
3: Thomas was the very first American to actually win a CFR. Yeah, yeah. kind yeah.
0: of a similar thing with uh, bull riding. There's only yeah. been a couple. Yeah. yeah, they have so many events they can go to in the states for the bull riding side of things. They don't yeah. really need to come up here. Kimsey's mm-hmm. one of the first guys. Garrett, one of the first Garrett few, Smith. Garrett Smith and Bo yeah. Hill. It's yeah. kind of only been like a yeah. few Those guys, guys yeah. very few. Yeah. But So let's talk about your family on just on the outside of the list, and we'll get to number 10, which is your grandfather. But first off, uh, Greg and Brian. Oh, uh,
3: well, I mean. Just outside. You Actually, you open up this list even more, you'll see Blake right below him. Um, I mean, like you open this up, the, the distribution on this scale would just flatten right out. It's the same thing as like your CFR qualifications, your – your guys from like say mid-pack to like 25th I mean there's not much of a difference between them it's the same thing with your qualifications in Canadian championships now the curve just completely flattens out I mean Greg um, I can't remember what year he he retired in but I mean Greg and Blake and dad and those guys I mean they they held their own for the years that they were in it and I mean uh, Greg won shoot three Canadian titles uh, Blake I believe he was I think he was two with multiple qualifications on top of that Brian he exchanged with uh, my grandfather Bud nonstop. They said back in the fifties and early sixties, you're essentially kind of competing for second in the bulldog. And they yeah. said you were just, I mean, competing for third in the bulldog. Well, was a the story fourth. then. They
4: they called those guys the diesel burners yeah. back then. Uh, they showed up in the in the in the stock racks like the three ton, five ton truck, yeah. and uh, rolled out the bed rolls in the back after they unloaded the horses. That's what they camped in and. Uh, that's what the what's the other the other old boys called them the diesel burners because they rolled in with this uh this big truck and and uh came for the money
3: yeah and it was an exchange between like brian and bud and tom and uh tom he never did win a canadian championship but he was definitely a a foundation and builder of the sport um and yeah oh yeah hell of a guy but um, brian did a hell of a job like he won some canadian championships in the bulldogging and and i think a few in the bareback riding and He's three good,
0: times in the bull, in the bulldogging. Three
3: times in the bulldogging, and then I think he won some bareback titles too. And
0: I just got to go double-check here. Yeah,
3: yeah fact-check me on that one.
4: It is kind of interesting, if you go back further down the sheet, uh, how many of these guys were multi-event hands. Yeah. And and not yeah. that there isn't a few of them today but for Less. the most part you have to specialize or people choose to specialize anyways to be able to be competitive at this level but you know you the further you go back all of a sudden you have uh, guys in two and three events uh getting Canadian titles and I, and I don't think it was soft back then either you know yeah. these guys were were sticking their neck out in multiple events and if they were winning three they might have been entered in more.
0: The uh between 1953 and 1965 uh Brian and Bud won 10 Canadian titles. Uh, the only guys to be in the middle there were Bud Van Cleve in 54, Harold Mandeville, 57, and Alex Lay in 64. Yeah, there you go. But there's like 12, 13 <laughs> years, and they won 10 of the 13. Yeah, they, yeah. Beat,
3: they beat up pretty That's good. That's vicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So, and yeah, like going back, if you go further on there, there's 10 right there. And uh, then Greg has 77, 79, and 80. So there's 13 Canadian titles to the Butterfield family. Mm-hmm. To date, yeah, it's a lot of pressure.
3: James. It was yeah. Shoot, <laughs> don't worry. I'm well. I think I'm staying under that shadow. So no, they um yeah they honestly when they talk about the dynasty or those guys like in Canadian rodeo for steer wrestling, those guys really I mean they run it for a long time. And I mean I don't know if we've maybe had I think we've only had one CFR without a Butterfield in it since uh, yeah, yeah since like, '74. It's crazy. So yeah.
0: so and the only other one we haven't talked about there a ton yet is Harold Mandeville, five time Canadian champion.
4: Yeah, that's crazy. And, and he was also a multi-event guy, yeah. you know, and, and if you take into some of his other uh, pursuits, he would have hit that timeline when the decorating was a big event. Mm-hmm. And so if you'd have taken his numbers and applied them to a, a timeline when it was straight steer wrestling, you know, what would that have looked like? You know, oh, so yeah. he was obviously a, a dominant, mm-hmm. uh dominant force. And then he was, you know, you could throw him a builder points if there was such a thing. He, yeah. he started the Canadian Rodeo News. Uh, yeah. That's kind some, of
0: another, another factor that we haven't really put into this, which is a tough one that's, that couldn't... I, d- I didn't know how to do that no. non-objectively. Because on our list where... No. If you're talking the difference between... Uh, you know, On our bull riding list, you talk talk about Cody Snyder and Daryl Mills. Cody has probably been more involved in the... Well, he has been more involved in the ground level with all the different events he's put on over the past 25 years with the extreme bulls and with bull busting. You know, he could technically be number one if you put in those points, but it's not a it's not something I can quantify no. to change that list. Where Daryl was a founding member of the PBR. Yeah. How do you how do you quantify though Cody with the number of events he's done and, mm. and Daryl with the with the with the founding member. Founding member, right? Yeah. Like how do you how do you differentiate those? So that's where like I'm gonna I gotta say it again. I don't know anything about bulldog. Like I know mm. how it works, I've seen it been done, like I, I know the stats. But I don't know anything else, so this is why we brought you guys in to kind of but you look across and talk about everything. Look across any sport,
1: like when you're talking about the greatest, it's about the people who win. Like it's yeah, it, yeah. Have hockey, to win. It's the guys
0: you have to who have win the, the most titles. Stanley Cups, yeah. and that's how you qu- you put and those score score on the, it. the most goals. It's yeah, all, it, it kind of all track. comes down to stats, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Really it really does. Tries. If they're not so keeping track, it's not a sport. So here's one thing I've been thinking about lately: the the greatest of all time, like the little goat emoji on all these fucking everything lately, is thrown around way too much. Late recently, I think. Like, you go to a guy like JB Mooney, and in the PBR, he's the great, according to this current people, he's the, he, he's the greatest of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's won the most money compared to any other Western sports athlete, mm-hmm. but I don't think we can actually call him the greatest bull rider of all time. Mm, no. No. If it, we it, go to back to the greatest bull riders, it's probably got to be Donnie Gay, Gay, if you're going on the stacks. Yeah. If we're making a list like this, he's won the most. So he is technically the, the, best. Mm-hmm. the greatest. Yeah. You know, you go yeah. to a, in the football, it's Tom Brady right now, or, or it's, you know, it'll be Patrick Mahomes well, in two could, years. It could be,
1: him, but he's won six titles or five titles. Yeah, like so he, maybe he is, he is that is guy. The great, yeah, but well, I think it's
0: thrown around a little
1: bit too much. Loosely, yeah. For you know, sure. you could
0: say Trevor in the PRCA. Well, and there's such changes too. Like in the
4: rough stock, you know, now the, the the born to buck programs everywhere. Oh yeah. You know, everybody in their dogs raising bulls and horses, mm-hmm. and the and the yeah. caliber of the stock. You know, I I believe has increased tremendously. You know, over the years, mm-hmm. and in the in the steer wrestling, it's almost I don't know if it's inverse, it's different. You know, the the some of these these guys that that are uh, that are just a tick older than me, like they were bulldogging uh, Herefords, mm-hmm. and they were you know there's there was there's pictures of these guys crawling off a off a horse onto a steer that's yeah. about the damn same size as the horse. That's and, a big fact. And now mm-hmm. we've got rules, we've got way cleaner looking cattle. They're mm-hmm. they're smaller. They're they're bred for it. They're pure. Spreads, yeah. uh, weight you know, limits—you know, there's there's all of those things. Where before they were excited if they had horns, it was yeah. a, it was a big win to find somebody could come up with horn cattle. Yeah. So you know those some of those numbers before, like you look at some of these pictures. Uh, um, uh, Scott Gunther's dad, when he won the fifty, the, the first fifty in Calgary, there's a there's a sweet uh, video and a picture of that run, and and you know he's not a big man, mm-hmm. and that that steer looks like he's darn near got weight on his horse, <laughs> and you're like, man, how did he? How did that little? How did Skinner tip that one over? <laughs> you know, and, and so those are those are kind of some. It's almost an inverse curve. The 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 stock has gotten mm-hmm. ranker where we're probably looking at a, a more uniform pen. And, and those guys back in the day were still quick. Like you were pointing out the, the stats, Jess. Like there's still three second runs. And, yeah. And,
3: you know, which back is remarkable in the day. to think about. It. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like you take a look at the cattle that they had. You even take a look at like old movies with Bulldogging in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and some of like these videos from like Cheyenne. Well, Cheyenne hasn't changed, but there's still guys getting <laughs> drug everywhere. But I mean, guys are just getting like it was, it was nasty, like rough and tumble. Like I think the bull riding would have been a safer entry back Probably, in those yeah. days. And, and, yeah, you still had guys that, I mean, broke that three-second barrier and cracked into the twos with a barrier line on. I mean, your steers can only be so good. You have to be an athlete to throw one and 2-9. So, I mean, yeah, geez, respect to
1: those guys. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's uh, let's get into the list, though, here. Oh, sorry. So, babe. no, that's okay. <laughs> no, this is it's good. good, I, good I, conversation, I like it. Yeah, yeah, you're really making Wasey's day easy today. I'm like, I'm loving it, boys. I'm just trying to help <laughs> you're you survive, You're holding man. my hand through this? Yeah. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> um, Wace, you want to kick us off here? Tied for number nine.
1: Tied for number nine, we got Bud Butterfield and
0: Tanner Mylon. Both 60 points, uh, two NFR qualifications for Tanner. and NF- So we get better talk about this point system again for those that might be listening mm-hmm. to a show for the first time. So we give 100 points for an NFR qualification. Or sorry, 100 points for, for a world title. World title yeah. 40 points to win the NFR average. Uh, 20 points for an NFR qualification. And 10 points for a Canadian title um so here we go tanner's got two nfrs two canadian titles sorry yeah two canadian titles bud butterfield has six canadian titles they're tied for ninth we'll start with you chance this is your grandpa
3: okay well i'm glad this is actually on a point system because as far as bud goes i'd be biased as all hell like (laughs) the guy (laughs) he'd be number one yeah he'd be number one i mean him and my dad but yeah Bud, he's his his track record for For what he did, I mean, within eight years, he won six Canadian titles and four Calgary titles, and um, he didn't dabble much down in the States. He did go down to, he took a station wagon down to uh, Fort Worth, caught a plane flight to Madison Square Gardens, and and he did check out a couple, and he just, he did not want to get away from home, and he was one of the first people to tell you. I know after Madison Square Gardens, some cowboys offered to enter him take him to boston and then hit those rodeos on the east coast he said you couldn't give me a million dollars to get away from home anymore and but yeah like bud was a big strong man and i mean he could throw steers i we had miles crandall he came over new years here last year and had some old practice videos when the boys started bulldogging at the old feedlot and like i don't know for the guys that know like pooh bear slick blake i mean these guys were big like tower me when uh, you seen the practice video like Bud crack back out for a little bit just to rodeo with the boys. You seen those kids throw, and then you seen Bud. The guy was a freaking monster. Like he was, I didn't. I you don't see people that big anymore. He's unreal. Well,
4: it's interesting if you're a, a Bisoner like I'm. Kind of a, a late arrival to the to the Panoka neighborhood, so my my you know knowledge of Bud is watching him around the practice pen, and he didn't miss a a chance to come watch the guys rodeo or, or practice. And and he was this you know kind, soft spoken gentleman, and and when you when he spoke, you listened. Uh, but he didn't. He didn't get in anybody's business. He was just a very, you know, supportive, nice. He's a gentleman, and uh, and then you look at his stats, and you're like, my goodness, like six titles in eight years. That's 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 hard to duplicate, and and not in soft years either. And then you uh, you know you take into account that 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 he kind of just walked away from it when he was done making his his mark he he backed off and
3: and supported the family and went to the went to the feedlot and and did his did his work you know pretty cool yeah no it was it was unreal and he just i when bud passed away here just this last uh this last year um i my biggest regret is not taking note of every single word that he said and talked about just of him rodeoing in the past because i mean rodeoing back in the 50s it was different they'd show up at a rodeo with horses loaded up on a stock track and a pickup truck they Throw the horses off and throw down some bed bed rolls on there, and they just go to sleep, and that's how those guys rodeoed. But I mean, they support each other. I mean, Tom, Brian, Bud, they all haze for each other, and and I mean, Bud said like the thing about him, like his his gateway to success. He said, "I thought I could beat any sob on the planet," and he said he said I went out there and he said I knew I'd win, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's conky. That's that's confident and. I well, it's mean, that winner's mentality you gotta it, have. It is, and I mean, Bud was an athlete. Like he played ball. He he did a ton of sports, and I mean, he he just he just excelled. But that's just me.
0: Thanks, Chance. Yeah. That was awesome to hear these different stories, and and for it to be your own grandpa, it's got you gotta be proud to have him on this on this list because this is kind of one of the things we found with the with the bull riding list. Not as much the bronc ride. I don't think that one is taken as well as the bull riding list so far yeah it's a little more controversial maybe yeah i don't know but the bull riding list is kind of almost a definitive list in the country and this is kind of like i would hope that this could be something that people look back on and that that they see and he made the list he's one of the top 10 ever from canada
3: yeah yeah for a guy that i mean bud did well in the states of the rodeos that he went to but he did had no desire to stay down there and i mean i think this is a good deal like for a guy that was as dominant as he was i definitely think that he here in that spot on that list for sure
4: yeah to make to make these to make these totals and in this company with with largely with exclusively canadian results is uh you know that's a remarkable that's, feat
0: in its own he's, right he's the only one yeah let's talk about tanner Milan now tanner and he's not done yet he's still competing he's, he's still, still in it is, it's I, cool because we have uh we have one two three four of these guys are still competing and they're on this list right now which is yeah. I, I think this is that's our cool. probably most current one we've
4: had so far oh, yeah and, I mean, with, with Tan Man, like I'm a, I'm a fan favorite, I guess. There, he, uh, you know, I remember those, those, I call them kids. I'm dating myself, but you know, they, they rolled out with a stock trailer. Uh, Murray set him up with a stock trailer, and the boys showed up, and they, they likely had the Turner boys in with them as well. Yeah, sucked them in <laughs> into the pole riding, and the in, and you know, Tanner might have gotten the bronc riding if he had to. And
0: he in the bareback riding sundry. Oh, yeah, really yeah. oh, yeah. good picture, oh, yeah. of him crazy somewhere. picture, wild ride, <laughs> yeah. yeah. was... wild ride, Hooters outfit on, Hooters costume, a wild ride.
4: Uh,
3: epic oh
0: yeah you know and and to probably watch, could we say he had the most he's had the most fun of anybody on this list that if you're given fun points it's probably tanner oh uh, easily. easily yeah yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah without, I, just without, without <laughs> I don't think there's any debate in yeah. that, in that <laughs> number one and
4: and, yeah. and watching those guys come out from you know basically almost from high school and, and the three three baller brothers you know with uh, with straws Scru- and bailey yeah. they're like each of them hands in their own right and and you know tanner having kind of an, a neat blend of the of the two of those guys like tanner's just you know he's so instinctual he's 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 one of my favorite guys to watch rodeo over the current crowd he uh, the way he handles cattle it's uh you know i'm not a, i'm not a, a finesse guy I get excited and goosebumps watching steers get hammered and that guy goes after them mm-hmm. and so i'm I'm super stoked that he's on on that list and he's he's earned a spot and he's not done either. You know, he's still on the road. He's uh, He's got a, a, some, some neat horses coming through right now. And and uh, it's, you know, his, his story's not done being written either.
3: Yeah, and definitely, like, a thing about Tanner, like, yeah, his ground game. Like, he got some guys, like, I like to take a look at the way the guys score and ride, which he does score and ride very well. But then I take a look at the guys with, like, the ground game. And, and Tanner, he's just always been able to just hip cattle and, I mean, get them off the ground. Well, something and he, to
4: speak to, too, is the, the being able to play hurt uh is that you know there's there's no, no event is exempt from this but but i i know for any one of us and and you know chance is an excellent example uh uh with his you know near death uh, uh rex recently and, and FC, going to the final 61 for, yeah yeah we will referenced back to that dead. but you know making the finals months after that that's that's ridiculous but i i've watched tanner roll when you know he's he's not at at 100 percent and he's still driving his feet in the ground and jerking their face off and that's like you know whether that's whether that's healthy long term we're all cripples now but but it's uh it's so impressive to watch somebody that that you know he kind of throws caution to the wind it doesn't he doesn't let the circumstance dictate his performance and that's that's impressive to me
0: we uh we'll move on to number 8 Cody Cassidy the most canadian titles of the cassidys he's got five five canadian titles going back to uh let's double check here 08 09 11 15 and 16 went to the NFR, we decided it was a 2010. Mm-hmm. We looked it up. He's in at number 8 with 70 points in our uh, system. We'll start off with the chance. So, Cody you, know, you call him an asshole. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what?
3: Cody, Cody and Curtis, both of those guys I I look up. To, oh god, that hurt to say. But <laughs> yeah, both of those guys I looked up too. I mean, Cody and and Curtis, and I'll just focus on Cody right now. Those guys those guys are smart. I mean, one thing I've learned over the years, and I've learned this watching both of those guys and actually even um, even a kid that's younger than me, Scott Gunther, those guys never, ever put themselves in a bad situation. I mean, mm-hmm. they they never screw themselves. I mean, they always get on the best horse that they possibly can. They score sharp. They don't score shoot, stupid. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, they catch cattle in a good spot. When you get into, like, I mean, we don't have any many two-headers anymore, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, Cody. You put him in a decent spot in the CFR over over that many yeah. runs. You've got a guy that's going to be smart, and you're going to have a guy that's going to eventually catch up to whoever's in first. I mean, this last, the pressure, right? He does, and I mean, like this last year. I think was it last year or the year before in Red Deer. Cody's horse broke, uh, broke the barrier with, uh, with his nose, which honestly just caught Cody, but otherwise he's going to have a gosh damn ringer of a gosh damn CFR again. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is he's just, Cody's really smart. And like, same thing, like Cody, like I've talked to him just traveling down the road. He said, you know, I, I used to see guys when I was younger that used to throw steers better than me. Like he said, like one guy would be like Trigger Pew. Trigger Pew is on, when he was like, I mean, Stir- Trigger still throws steers good, but I remember watching him when when I was a kid. That guy just destroyed steers, and and Cody said, like, that was one guy that could just did a phenomenal damn job. He said, but I want to catch up to that, and Cody was always very driven, and, I mean, he worked on that, but at the same time, I mean, Eater had a strong string of horses, and, and yeah. I mean, gosh damn. Like, when did Cody make his first CFR? Was he 18? Oh, God, he was a kid. He
4: looked like he was 12. Yeah. 2003, less, 2003, for 2003. the record. 2003, yeah. yeah. It was my first year there.
0: And he would have been 22 because he was born in 81. Okay, yeah. fair
3: enough,
4: but yeah. still pretty damn young, just a kid. And, and always, you know, and, and and you know, both the Casty boys, but certainly. Certainly, you know Cody. He's he's going to tell you how it is. He's mm-hmm. there's no uh, your your ego is on the sidelines. He will tell you what you've done wrong. It doesn't matter if you're uh, uh, you know an, an old timer or, or somebody starting out. And and I'm I'm excited to see him on this list. He's he he won his titles in an eight year span as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's certainly far from done. He's got some fantastic horsepower on the go. He continues to invest uh, in his in his horsepower there. And I mean, there's a guy that, that rodeo rodeo's not his only isn't his only focus he's a he's an outfitter he's got a successful business. His, uh his his wife has her own business on the go as well they're they're very driven people very busy mm-hmm. and i i'm gonna i'm gonna add a little bit to his uh you know to him maybe on a builder category which has no points uh and i i even have teased him about it a little bit because because cody's cody's pretty tough and he's tough on he has high standards he expects people to uh uh to to deliver around him and he's taken in some of these young guys which uh uh, which I am thrilled with cuz one of them is one of my kids. I and got kicked out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got kicked out Sorry, Chance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He uh, he unloaded Chance and picked up Clay and uh, but he's How does he's, that make you feel, Chance? I'm
3: I'm socially awkward. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Cody's like get that get that weird bastard <laughs> out of my truck.
4: Yeah, but he's taken these young guys like the Evan Spady uh, uh, you know one of my boys he's taken these kids in and and uh, you know they dang near got uh, Evan nearly made the Canadian finals mm-hmm. uh, and and in no small part due to the the horsepower and the coaching and the hazing that Cody gave him. and yep. Like, those are, he sent one of his best horses to the States with those kids to the college rodeos this year. And uh, I told him he was getting soft, and and he told me that he read them the Ride Act, so the horse better be looked after. But uh, <laughs> uh, So, boys, if you're listening, payday better be fed and looked after today. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. and
0: that's like, that's uh, no small investment to send a horse down there. Like, that's probably a $50,000 horse, like, just guessing, oh, yeah. like, I have no idea. He's world class. They, yeah.
4: they won a ton on him this year, and watching that horse come on, uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a lot of horsepower, and and both those boys are super fortunate to have wow. uh, have Cody in their corner, and and they're not the only ones, but those are some examples. So he's not just out there, uh, uh, uh you know, winning his own, but he's also uh, he's also throwing it back to some of these young guys and giving them a chance to to really develop, and that's that's a that's a character statement to me.
0: We mm. could all we could also put in uh, put in here about Cody. We've got a couple more pieces but three time CFR average champion and one thing I wanted to mention about the CFR average mm-hmm. is that for a long time uh, well not a long time but the average but it was whoever won the CFR w- death. was the yeah was the Canadian champion <laughs> <laughs> wasn't quite technically the average but it was points mm-hmm. at the finals so there's kind of part of that deal where the Canadian Championships change, but mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. like the I like the current format. Yeah, now. That I, sudden me death. Too. That just oh, it just
1: should be based off your whole year of work, as yeah. opposed to just five days, right? Like yeah. Although, so.
0: although it, with the bulldogging is probably one of the best events for buy in for the entire year. There's no event where more. Finalists go to more rodeos in Canada. Yeah, yeah. your your top everybody's twenty. Everybody's going to forty rodeos.
3: Yeah. your top twenty-five. It doesn't. Your your last rodeo when we went to like McCord for a thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> <you're laughs> in that old to go to the, the Thunderdome. Yeah, everybody's yeah, going at it. Yeah, and you got like guys that are making the NFR sitting there wondering why the hell they're in McCord, Saskatchewan. <laughs> <That's a damned laughs> old ring.
4: You go. Hey, <laughs> I, I went
3: there for the pie and the pierogies, man. No,
4: yeah. That's, that's, yeah, stay focused. Fun, look, <laughs> function hurt too. Side
0: just. sidebar: best pie in the CPRA. Handhelds, sure, Hand-hills. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and follow it up
4: with the uh, pickled eggs at the beer stand. Sorry, that's <laughs> off the hook. Really,
1: I'm not a pickled egg guy. Me no, that's a that's a, a, a Craig Guthrie thing start. right there. You so gotta, if you're, missing you're missing in that up. if you're, you're in that up. niche <laughs> group of strange, we
0: could do <laughs> we could do like <laughs> another entire show on the best top ten rodeo burgers. now you want
3: experts? Sign me up. Yep, just call us back. Just call you
1: back. last <laughs> last summer when we were working together, like I was like made sure to seek out every pierogi truck at every rodeo <laughs> we were at and there was some good pierogies you there. could probably use some progues right now oh, man, I, love some I got some in the freezer it's you want to so make
0: make some here during the break you
3: remember that Indian food truck there in Luxton that one's, that's one that oh. stuck with me in my entire life last year at Luxton they had an Indian food truck there gosh damn butter well, curry should, they treat
1: the guys so really? good at Luxton they, like oh. they have that full like seafood that's buffet oh, oh, unreal. That, that
4: whole trip ten. you get on the you get on the ferry yeah. hustle to the back of the boat get the Pacific buffet <laughs> on the way out you get the hospitality suite if you could stand it you yeah. go over uh, you go over to the uh, food truck zone and get yourself some butter chicken and yeah. never
3: been so excited to lose money
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our our shuttle driver like was like hey you guys want to stop and grab some beer for the ferry ride back to like after the rodeo yeah so we, yeah stopped and grabbed a case of beer like it was, they, yeah. they treated, treated us really well that's awesome it was like pea gravel i remember the oh, first yeah. year i
4: was there i stuck my feet in the ground i had one that was a little pushy and and the, the little rocks are pinging up over the toe of my boots and hitting the brim of my cowboy hat as i'm getting slid off <laughs> and i wasn't used to getting slid off and and it was uh <laughs> humbling
3: but the food, so what are, food made up for it one of my sweetest bulldogged and pitchers were actually there off your black horse and there's this uh, big like uh, oh God, it's like huge like sucker should not have been in the <laughs> damn draw and little like 180 pound chance is getting down and it's sweet it's like a beach sand and it's just sands up in the air sweet ass black horse and i'm getting a decent head catch and then I never actually seen it until the Vancouver Humane Society posted it. <laughs> Chances the poster <laughs> boy, so <laughs> it was poster boy. boy the SPC. Oh, no. And so they're like, "Oh, talking all this shit." And I'm like, "I wish you guys would have seen the run because that steer absolutely undressed <laughs> me and ate my lunch." <laughs> <laughs> made,
4: made a case for that the steers are getting the best of this. Yeah. Uh, oh god, uh, on occasion, yeah, but yeah, it's un- one, one of the better pictures off my horse. Yeah, it's awesome that it's on all the uh, <laughs> oh, all the uh, animal rights posters. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Two seconds like later, it wouldn't have been as good. <laughs> well, wrecked my good <laughs> Hane shirt.
0: Gosh, should we get into that real quick? Like. Is it really? Is bulldogging really inhumane? Honestly, oh. it's very, very rare that you actually hurt a steer that weighs four I'm times gonna, what you weigh.
3: I'm gonna go back to this this argument right here. So, Do you have notes on this?
0: Me? Yeah. Is, that, is that, Are you I checking your notes right no, now? No, I was oh. just a
3: notification. Got Twelve page, <laughs> yeah. page essay prepared. <laughs> my, gem monster drop, monster. my gem drop. My gem drop just sent me a, <laughs> a <laughs> notification. Okay. So, the thing about it is, I mean, all of us guys in the sport that that work in our disciplines, like we know exactly what our conduct conduct is with our animals and and the respect that we have for them and understand actually the importance of of humane treatment like if you do have uh, an animal that you would say is not well cared for you're going to have a poorly performing animal and i mean that does work with your time event stock if they are treated poorly i mean they aren't in the draw very long and they're not very well taken care of so i know for us guys that are on the ground I have no problem taking somebody into my pen and showing exactly how this stuff works. I mean, we can be completely transparent. And if you're around it for a while, you understand it. But, I mean, it's like the same thing with anything outside of the sport. And I think one of the reasons that we need to be more proactive, like, say, the PBR and the WCRA, trying to find new markets, because you need to make sure it's not such a foreign foreign sight Mm -hmm. to people. I mean, you need to make sure they're exposed to it. So, I mean, as we're closing in more and more on Alberta as our central rodeo hub, I mean, it's not doing us any favors, Mm -hmm. I think. You need to make sure you get in front of people, they get to see it, they get to actually see, you know, work around the stock and get an understanding of how things work. Because it doesn't matter which event it is. Somebody that's never seen it before, whether it's barrel racing Mm -hmm. or bull riding or Mm -hmm. calf roping, I mean, somebody's going to see something that they're not going to like about it. But Mm -hmm. it's not until they actually sit down, understand, see the animals, see the people that are performing on them, that they actually get a bit of an understanding of what the care is there.
0: We uh, there was one thing that I just remembered. Who are we going to give the tiebreaker to between Tanner and Bud on number nine? Oh shit! Definitely don't ask me. <laughs> 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 do we need to break the tire? Or do we just leave it? No, I think I think we leave that.
4: it. Yeah. okay. Uh, Guys, those are, are, those are such different uh, different, different eras, different, different eras, different times.
3: And that, Tanner
0: that, can break it with his the rest of his career. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got time. He's got time left okay. on the clock. We yeah. uh, I think we leave that as, leave as, 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 as is. And Kate. Bud yeah. would
3: damn sure. Bud damn sure respects Tanner, and Tanner damn sure respects Bud. So I think they'd be happy. That's with all that. right. Yeah.
0: yeah, number seven, Wacy. What do we got? Scott
1: Gunther. Gunther.
0: <laughs> he doesn't even know how to say it. Genther, Genther, <laughs> Genther. It's
1: actually more like a... like Genther. It's more like... There, a, more nailed like it. a... Genther. Nailed, it. nailed it. We Genther. just say got Scott, leave it alone. Scott Genther.
0: It's totally wrong. It's still, still a little off. Gunther? Gunther. Gunther. He the told worst. me it was like... It's kind of like almost like a like a, a, a U. You really got to use the U. Like it's Gentner. Gentner. Like Gentner. Okay, I got it. Right? Is that right? I think that's right, yeah. It's like it's it's really... You really got to get the U in there. Genther. Yeah. Genther. <laughs> <got laughs> It's good. But it's good. let's, he's let's he's move on. About about <laughs> I just call <laughs> him Scott. Scott. I can say Scott all day. Gantner.
1: Gentner. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so, so Scott. Wh- where is it <laughs> from? His, <laughs> his, but his like his right, like his trajectory has been like pretty steep hey, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. Scott, yeah. yeah. a ninety-one
0: model, one year older than you. Ace.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If right? he uh, like, he's
0: only he's 20... 29. Yeah, uh, twenty-nine. Yeah. And well, I five five C F R qualifications. One he missed. Uh, one year due to injury in 2014. Mm-hmm. Torn pack. Yeah, two-time Canadian champion, 17 and 18, and been to the NFR now already uh, already three times. Mm-hmm.
4: So it's, uh, 17, 18,
0: 19, three years in a row, too.
4: I'd like to see his stats on the uh, the foot race at Gooseberry Lake. Uh, I, I have no really? idea how many years that he won the, uh, really? the foot race at the almost <laughs> almost hometown rodeo. Was that when Lake. he was?
0: Was that when he was a wild pony racer? Or is he, that uh, he I think he
4: started at that age and and went up through the uh, through the amateur circuits. He uh, really uh, foot he's, race. He's really a, quick on his feet. He's like a, he's when he went a, a pair, a pair of, boot. of
0: boots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably boots. a pair boot of boots for the foot race. Yeah, I never noticed. Wasn't a, wasn't a factor for me. <laughs> and so cool stat about Scott, uh, his, both his dad and his cousin Justin, dad's name's Ken, are both former Canadian steer wrestling champions. Mm-hmm. More yeah. family business here. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I mean he's, he's from that East Country, and I mean you have a good group, of strong bulldoggers out there, and those guys all practice together. It's
0: like that's Lee, Lee, Todd, uh, Blaine. Like that's kind of all that crew over there, isn't mm-hmm.
4: it? Yeah, yeah, and you get Ziffles in the Ziffle. same. Yeah, 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 and, Ziffles. And, you know that's a that's a tough bunch, and they've 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 fed off each other for yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, Lays, uh, you know that's the same same crowd. Uh, they might argue that, but the rest of us view him that way. <laughs> uh, if you're any, anywhere east of Stettler, it's just too far east for That's me. That's exactly right.
0: I, <laughs> but they uh, settled 599 Highway. Dangerous. <laughs> that, is, that is a dangerous highway. <laughs> so yeah, so Scott he's still right in the mix of it. He's got 70. Uh, he's got 80 points, three NFRs, and two uh, Canadian titles. And could have a, a bunch more here before we're before we're through. Oh, he
3: will for sure. Like I remember, like Scott. I guess he kind of came on when I was I was a rodeo, and I first noticed him actually at a jackpot over in Camloops before Falkland. We had a good three header. It was it was a badass deal. I know Curtis and Rocky. They they put it on, and I remember just watching Scott. And I mean, maybe at the time Scott was still a little bit kind of green on the ground, but holy smokes, that kid. He caught every single steer out front, and, I mean, laid the barrier back every time. And, I mean, for the guys that were leading that jackpot on three head, I mean, Scott was just breathing down our neck, and he was a rookie. And, I mean, since that day, I've just watched that guy just pick up and pick up. And the thing about Scott, he's he's a lot like Cody and Curtis. Like, he, um, Scott will never put himself in a bad situation. It seems like every time he nods his head, he is at the very least catching them in the best possible spot that he He can he makes smart runs he He does on
4: the on the insider uh you know angle you hear you know people sit around the trailers and and talk shit right and and they talk about scott's drawing i've i've heard the the guys that go with him some of the old boys go that guy out draws everybody yeah he he out capitalizes everybody yeah he he uh, he, you know i mean you can draw good and the rodeo gods maybe favor you now and then uh, but the statistics are, are, are that it'll, it'll go with you when it, uh, once in a while, and it'll go against you again. Uh, sometimes he makes steers look good. Sometimes he draws good, but he makes use of them. Uh, you know, he, he, he does just what Chance said. He doesn't put himself in a bad spot. He makes smart runs. So when there's money to be made, you know, I- I placing, he places. When, there's, when you've got to go at it, he goes at it. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, his story's not done being written either. He's, he's another one of those guys. He's in the mix. He's on the road right now. Uh, I did see some sweet pictures that uh, he and Tanner are traveling together, and and they had uh, kind of matching mule trains. Uh, <laughs> the folks that they're staying with are must be outfitters, and they had uh, uh, they had uh, one had gray mules, and I think one had bay mules, and they had them all lined up, and looked like there was about six mile- mules behind them. So life is not all rodeo when you're on the road, I guess. No, but. no, those guys have some fun,
1: and I think the like the whole like drawing like whatever th- comment, it's like. You may draw nice, but you still have to do oh, do your job, right? It's the same with bull riding. Deliver. Like you could Absolutely. draw like a, the sweet eighty-five point spinner, eighty-point spinner, and you still, but you still have to show up and get oh. the job done. So I, I don't like that argument. We're saying that just because you draw no, good, that's shoot. why you're good. Yeah. So, and
0: what about Scott's success at the finals? He's won won a few rounds at the NFR, and and just I uh, was looking back here, finished fifth overall. And this would have been uh, been 2018. Like, he's he's a contender to win the whole thing.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: for sure. And, like, I mean, Scott, with the success at the Canadian titles, like, he's, Scott's always come in there with such a commanding lead. Like, I know he stubbed his toe there a couple times in 2017 when I was there. I think he had some tough luck first round. But, I mean, the guy will just he, – he comes in strong. I mean, he puts – the guy – he wins all year long. And I mean that's kind of the, the focus. Like a lot of us guys will take a look, okay, I need my sixteen thousand or whatever to try and get my spot. When you see these guys that are winning the CFR, I mean they're trying for season leader. They're trying for their to come into the finals with a significant buffer. And I mean yeah. that's that's the thing. Like when you go to like the sudden death thing, it, it it screws those guys a little bit. Not saying that they won't still win, they probably will. But I mean you got you've got the backing of a fantastic season behind you where you have busted your ass to get in the best possible spot. And, I mean, Scott's come in there with a commanding lead and and kicked him in the ass. And, I mean, the the NFR, I mean, he's... He's damn sure oh. flex there. He's a threat there too, and
0: yep. and
4: you know you can you know we, we talk about the draw and the steers and 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 the horsepower is another factor, and he's he's been in a spot where he's had to make some horse changes and,
0: and but had good horses underneath oh,
4: him too all the way through, and, yeah. and sometimes a horse change is not about, it's not about the horse. Uh, it's that, you, you know, you need to get a different, a different angle, a different perspective on it. And if things haven't gone right, sometimes people will try and make that, that change just to try and refresh. And so nothing against the horses that he, that he went in on by any means. But, uh, you know, if, if he gets to an NFR where he's, where he's really confident in the horse and everything is clicking, like... There's no question that he that he he runs cattle uh, uh, as well as anybody. It's it, it's it's fun watching the the NFR uh, uh video and, and Branquino's uh doing the color commentating and he's and he's commenting on, you know, Scott's well if Scott just pulls the nose out on that steer well. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, Scott's won his share. He uh, you can you can critique uh, technique all you want, but uh, his results have, have spoken for themselves. And and he's a young man. He's got he's got more uh, more ahead of him. He can go as hard as he chooses to. I mean, he's got he's got family and a and a ranching operation at home to uh, to look at as well. So, you know, he's got some some divided priorities, I'm sure. But but his. Uh, he's he's got more to he's got more to show us
0: if he, if he goes as long as uh, Curtis who's 13 years older than him he's got a few more NFRs yeah older. i think he probably will <laughs> That and might be <laughs> the exception though yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: no he's definitely got some more stops there for sure i mean scott like coming back to um gus's comment like guys talking about him drawing and stuff like i take a look at the law of averages with that kid and i mean you're that consistent over that much time i'm sorry you're
0: It's not not luck. No, No. the kid's doing it right. (laughs) (laughs) The numbers aren't luck. Okay. Now, Scott is... At at this point, we've got uh, number nine. We've got Bud Butterfield and Tanner Mountain with 60 points. Cody Cassidy is number eight with 70 points. Scott Gintzner, number seven with 80 points. Number six, Wasey, who do we got? Lee Laskowski. Oh man, how do you Likowski? not know? Laskowski? How do you? That's
1: a how big, big man, man to defend like that. Wow. You,
0: you are going to get murderized. <laughs> man. I, sp- I was, sp- was thinking, about go- this man, Likowski. come on, like oh, that's just yes. go with
4: stork. It's easier to say
2: <laughs> stork. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> stork. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll six, see, got stork. Number six, stork. Four NFRs, two Canadian titles, hundred points. He's our number six man. Before we take a break here, gotta get some burgers and refill our drinks.
4: <laughs> that's a, he's a you know i i was able to to overlap a little bit with uh with lee and mostly because he uh he came out of retirement uh when uh when his uh, when his boy started uh going a little uh, going to a lot of the rodeos and having some success he cracked out again and i mean if you saw lee today you would you wouldn't be shocked to see that he might he might enter up that guy is is lean and fit mm-hmm. And uh, and and he's re- he's ready to go, so it it's uh, I'm, I was glad to see him on this list too because he was such a force. Uh, and I, I I'm going back to watching you know old videos and whatnot, and and then you talk to some of the old boys that traveled with him, and and not only was he rodeoing that hard, he's a working fool. Like I, they, they talked about him, you know the rodeo, the welding, the you know that he didn't he's one of those guys that didn't need to sleep. He uh, he came home and went to work. Uh, and paid the bills there wasn't a uh, a a big you know legacy behind him he was he was doing it himself and that's uh, that's that's really impressive so
0: one one thing that i didn't uh one thing that i have a hard time finding the stats for that could be a differentiator in this list is the season leader in the prca it's not something that's very easy to find Mm. back you Mm. can find nfr average champions you can find world champions you can find final standings but the Standing before the NFR, you'd have to go back and look through all these NFR programs, really to know exactly who came in. But Lee's a guy that was a season leader in the entire PRCA. So was Curtis recently, Curtis Cassidy. But yeah. that's kind of one that could almost differentiate when oh. you win the entire season. That's not that's quite a, huge, a world a title. Seat. Honestly, I think but that
3: should hold. That should hold some serious. It's probably weight.
0: just as many as much as the NFR average, but it's so hard to find. It's not yeah. something that you can eis- easily just conjure up. And looking it up. Like if anybody else wants to go and find some more stats, we we'll have to get, why we'll have yeah. to get Brian and Nails in these old meter uh, yeah, yeah. account. We'll, come, we'll right? come.
3: back here in a few episodes and revise and Do this. that. Yeah, I don't
0: know how much it'll change. There'll be a few guys that might have one. That's but an for, interesting point. That right? that would be it because that's so
4: tough. To, and if you go so back to
0: Stark's timeline, uh, he's beaten. He's beaten. Like he's right in there with guys like Blaine. So this was yeah. '93. He was a season leader, same time as Blaine Peterson, Mark Roy, um, Todd Bogus. Like they're all in the at the finals at the same time. There, oh, there was a. He wouldn't,
4: the, he wouldn't have had the huge rodeos to impact that either. Like right now there's some of those, yeah. some of those early rodeos, you know, the, the Dallas's of the world or Houston or whatever, yeah, they you all know, count. those are, they're massive and they count. And, and so you hit at one or two of those and it, and it really does shape your, your year as far as the season leader goes. And like this year more than any, yeah. but it, it's still, you know, it's, uh, uh, interesting that he would do that in a time when there those, those rodeos weren't, they were still big rodeos, but they didn't impact the standings the way they do right now. So, so for him to pull that off, yeah, that could that could skew this list, right? That
0: would have had to been uh, what do I want to say? Would have had to be a great time for Canadian bulldogging to have you know Blaine, Mark, Todd, and Lee all at the same time going to those rodeos. Oh, those yeah. four would have had to probably go together at, at some point. Yeah. They would have traveled together yeah. with, with each other at some mm-hmm. point. But mm-hmm. like four guys in the top fifteen at the same time, oh, and winning yeah. the world different times, like. That yeah. would have been a heck of a time for Canadian bulldoggers.
4: Well, and I think they were packing along some guys like the John Gibsons of the world, and you know other guys. That he's one that jumps to mind right now. That was that was right in the mix. He's a he's a tick younger than those guys, but he was he was along the way. The the Ziffel boys, BJ and whatnot there, and, and Furley. They were in in uh, in tow as well. That that crowd uh, elevated you know Canadian steer wrestling for sure in a you know in a, almost a more modern time. So uh, and then they some of those guys packed it through to world titles.
0: Anything else we want to say before we hit the break, or otherwise we're going to come back with our top five Are after bur- this? Are the burgers done? They, i got to go start the barbecue, so we're going to have a little bit of a break here. All right. Perfect. Cool? All mm-hmm. right. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Ted. He's Waste. we got Craig and Chance with us here today as well. This is episode 75 of Cowboy Shit. We will be back with our top five bulldoggers ever from Canada after this.
2: Mama, he's a double exit. <laughs> five two. two fifth
4: grade i was wearing a size 12 shoe eighth grade i was shopping at the big and tall and the coaches had me playing high school
2: football uncle Roy said boy you'll make the nfl son you're a double exit
0: welcome back thanks for listening this is episode 75 cowboy shit with ted and Wasey. been getting through a few podcasts here we got Couple. It's nice. It's like fall right now. It's still kind of warm it's a nice outside. Nice crispy fall day. It's pretty. We were just outside. Just had lunch outside. It's pretty good. By the time you guys listen to this, will be October though. So, so it might not be as it crispy might suck. Out. So, but you know, <laughs> just reminiscing about the fall, the nice, uh, nice weather we had. But mm-hmm. again, Craig Guthrie here and Chance Butterfield, our expert panel, expert esteemed esteemed panelists, and we're t- counting down the top ten bulldoggers ever from Canada. We left off. We've got the top. We've got ten through six down so far. Uh, a tie for ninth is Tanner Mile Bud Butterfield. Number eight, Cody Cassidy. Number seven, Scott Gensner. Number six, Lee Laskowski. Do you want to try that one out again, Wace? Laskowski. You got it now. I was, we're, I was talking
1: about this off off air with Chance, and it yeah. just like phonetically, it looks like Laskowski to me. <laughs> that's what the like. If you look at it, like if I'm reading
0: it, it depends where you're. I from.
1: think I'd walk of away, of away from that. Just let I'm it just saying that's yeah. just like yeah. that's it's how right. my mind <laughs> reads that. So okay, <laughs> I'll yeah, I, I was I'll corrected. You guys told me the right way to say it. So. I'm sorry Thank we you. didn't do
0: that before. We should have done a little run through. Yeah, before
1: because <laughs> like, well, I don't. Like, I don't know <laughs> any. Like I don't know half these people. That's okay. <laughs> Easy names from here on. You're yeah, good to go. Yeah,
0: they're all like pretty straight up. I'll mm-hmm. let you I'll even give you number five. What do you got? Todd
1: Bogus. Go?
0: Bogust. Oh, look at that. He nailed it. I got it. First try. Todd, uh, five NFR qualifications, uh 92, 93, 94, 95, and 1999. And Canadian title. And that year was. Do we have that handy here? Did Mark Roy win that year? 92. Uh, we're talking about those are his NFR qualifications. Ooh, I don't have it right here. I gotta find it. Uh Hold, please. 1995 Canadian champion. So that puts him in at 110 points. Let's start with you, Craig. Well, I mean,
4: Todd, Todd's, uh, you know, he's a, he's kind of a a, a legend in this, in this country. And he, he left us much too early uh passed on a number of years ago now and and so his cancer right yeah yeah and uh and you know any of the guys that uh, that rodeoed around him absolutely revere the man he uh he had some schools he was he was another one of those guys when i when i first got my card uh he was there to haze for you even though you were uh you were a nobody and and uh and tell you about your steer and and kind of give you a little advice i I know that uh the, the Todd Bogus Memorial steer wrestling jackpot's been going on for years and
0: That's c- a buckle that we that I that I recognize. I was gonna mention yeah. that, that that event is one of the probably one of the most I don't know what you could say one of the most regarded yeah. bulldogging events. Like m- in, it the, is in the country, for sure. absolutely
4: yeah. one of the top jackpots uh, in the country, and at Ziffel's place. Yeah, the Ziffels are the are the current hosts and have for a number of years, I guess, and
3: since Blaine's.
4: Yeah, since since Blaine had it, and and he he rode it along with those guys that you know, like Blaine and and Mark and and that crowd, and. And they uh, uh, they were a pretty dominant bunch. He was, you know, I I he was nothing close to the style that I was trying to to emulate because he was uh, tall and athletic things that I'm not. Uh, and he, uh, but you know, the way he handled his cattle and and, and he was a cowboy. He was a he was a, an actual you know ranching cowboy. His his family history was there. So uh, yeah, no 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 doubt that he uh, he makes the list where he does.
3: Yeah, and I'll just I'll just add um, like. Todd, he passed away when i was I was relatively young. I think I might have been like thirteen fourteen years old, but I remember the fallout of it, and I remember it kind of hit our community. everybody that was bulldogging at the time pretty pretty hard I know b j was extremely close to him, and I know that's kind of always been something for him but um I know, personally, like, me talking about him outside of, like, I respect the name. Um, my dad's told me a bunch of stories about him bulldogging, but I wouldn't be able to do him any justice talking about him. You need, like, a BJ or Darren Ziffel over here, and then they'd really be able to rap into him. And, I mean, he's got his accomplishments and his accolades. I mean, the guy the guy is one of the best. And, honestly, he uh, he probably had a lot more time in, and, like, I mean, had uh, had that not, you know, it was a tragedy, so...
0: If we're we're looking back, there's only been, uh, between Todd and and Blaine, they're probably the only two Canadians to ever qualified for four consecutive NFRs. Blaine was from 88 to 91, Todd from 92 to 95. There aren't many other guys that have done it consistently back-to-back that many years in a row
4: yeah that's that's just super impressive and and you know who knows what else he could add it to that added to that list and, and what he did in canada was was impressive as well i think through that timeline so you know i know he spent a lot of certainly a lot of time like some of those guys across the border so that it, it definitely you know helped his uh, his stats as far as this formula goes but but uh his 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 uh his stature or his reputation exceeds exceeds this list, and and anybody that uh, that rodeoed around him, like I said, I I barely had a just a little overlap with the man. Uh, but, uh, you know, widely, widely respected in our community. So, so quite a, quite a loss for us and, and people do their best to remember him, which I think is one of the great things about our, our rodeo community is that they, they do, uh, you know, look to their own and, and celebrate those that, that have passed and, and try to keep their, their memory alive. And I think he's a great example of, of how the community is, has, uh, has hopefully kept his, his name and his reputation going.
3: Yeah. We're even going to overcome COVID-19 here and we're actually going to have that, uh, that memorial jackpot again so it's gonna run consecutively there's not going to be any break with it it's running here this october
0: we also uh i'm looking up some more on todd and and 12 cfr qualifications and i think it's a little late but just this year was inducted in the canadian Pro parodial hall of fame but he could have been in for the last 15 years i don't know what the holdup was there that's a little bit goofy isn't it
4: well, I'm you know it's I wouldn't want to be on the selection committee either. Uh, you know that's a that's a job in itself and a you know a great problem for us to have I guess in this country. But but yeah, he he certainly the the props are there with what he did on both sides of the border and and you uh, even watch some old tape of his uh, his style that that would have worked in any era. So so uh, pretty sweet to see that happen and and like you say that jackpot is uh, is alive and well and uh, you sit around the table afterwards with some out beverages and uh, and the guys start telling some stories and yeah pretty uh, pretty solid citizen
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and he passed away at, he was only 36 years old he made the finals the nfr 2 years prior and could have done more in this sport likely
4: yeah. oh yeah yeah he was uh, he was wasn't past his prime when it happened that's for sure so uh, you know that's uh, unfortunately you know can- cancer has no conscience. It'll uh, it'll take you any time, anywhere. And uh, you know there's none of us is, has a family that is unaffected by that. And and uh, and, and his situation was
0: certainly was certainly tragic. And and uh, you know we try to try to move on from that. Our uh, Todd Bogus number five. He's at 110 points for our list here. Number four, Wacy. Who do we have? See if I can get this name right. Uh, Curtis Cassidy coming in at number four.
1: <laughs> How many points? What do we got? <laughs> He's got 140 total points. So. Hundred, yep,
0: 140.
1: Um, so he has the six c- six NFR qualifications correct and two Canadian titles.
0: So six time six times NFR 2002, 2008, nine and ten consecutively consecutively and 2014. Also, our uh, st- statistician Brian Neal says. He's going to make it again this year. So that'll be seven, which won't actually move him up the, the board at all right now. But still, uh, that seven NFRs is, is second most of anybody on our list. Yeah.
3: yeah
4: crazy impressive i think he's sitting six in the world right now uh and still on the trail so that's uh you know that's not over yet but he's he's uh i would say a lock for the for the nfr and and hard hard to talk about that family from from greg to cody to curtis without talking about their horses a little bit and you know any of us in our, in our world know uh know about willie and he's a he's a hall of famer horse from just from, this uh, year too yeah yeah, and from uh, you know multiple world championships, m- multiple Canadian championships, horses of the year, you know, and and he's still going strong. Like he's, uh, you know, I, I saw him here a few months ago at Jackpot out at uh, at the Cassidy Ranch, and and you know you're not sure he might not back in the corner today if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean that's a that's a great story. I have, I honestly don't remember how old Willie is, but he's deep in his twenties, and if if I'm not mistaken, and and uh, the care program out there for that horse is is something else, and and. He's a source of pride for, for the for the family and certainly for Curtis. So, so that's kind of a little bit of an aside on the on the uh, animal, uh, on the animal front. We could there.
0: we could make another entire list on the top top horses and top stock. We've actually had people se- tell us that we if we want to at some point we should go and make these make these lists of the top top bucking horses, top bulls, tops top. Uh, time event horses we, we could we could have another entire show oh, yeah. on that i don't think i don't think we can do it justice just mentioning <laughs> here and there we kind of have to go and make an, another entire list yeah. you might
4: fire people up more over that though, yeah actually yeah he's <laughs> talking <laughs> about horses you'd, you'd upset right. him
3: even more yeah schedule that one likely yeah uh, <laughs> but no so and ahead.
0: curtis too uh um i'm looking at his stats and i don't want to say he's i don't want to make give any trouble here but he was born in 1978 like he's 43 years old this year, he's no spring chicken in the bulldog, and to, be, and to be six in the world, he's got to be the most senior guy in the world standings right now, really, I'm not trying, to, I'm not calling him a senior, <laughs> but, yeah. like, he's probably the oldest guy in those standings. Start right that now. old man strength. Old right, man. That's right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah. Fear, fear the ginger. It's kind of thing, like, <laughs> I
3: mean, Greg, Greg, his dad, I mean, how long did Greg rodeo for, like, I mean, his last CFR, I believe Greg was in his 40s. Yeah, deep. Yeah, and I mean, was still competing, I mean, rodeoing off Willie, and those guys were cleaning up, and Curtis, like I said, I keep preaching on this with, like, Cody and uh, and Curtis. I mean, they're cut from the same cloth. Curtis just rodeos so smart. I mean, and he puts his puts his uh, time and money into the places that matter, like horse flesh. I mean, Curtis has never cut himself short. I mean, there was maybe one point when Curtis was horse poor, and that was when Willie and Wrangler both uh, went out, and I think he was stuck with um casper and magnum at the time but i mean those were still exceptional horses and still, still horses, packed yeah. them to like i think curtis actually rode casper at the nfr and cody rode, rode uh, um willie there that year too and mm-hmm. but yeah like curtis has always had good horses and i mean he's always scored smart and i mean if curtis has tried giving me advice over the years some of it i picked up on some of them i tried to and still haven't um Curtis just rodeo's so damn smart, and I mean, he bulldogs good on top of it. Like bulldogs great on top of it. It's just Curtis is a very well-rounded steer
0: wrestler. Not to just mention like cowboy. I mean, well, cowboy, he's uh, fifteen times qualified to the C.F.R. on the tie-down roping. Yep, yeah, and, and, multiple. He's, and he's number four on our bulldogging list. But yep. he he's might be on our list in the tie-down roping if he was if he was uh, had multiple titles there. Like and it's not titles far with
4: off. it. Multiple high point. The high point factored in. Yeah, like, nine takes times at the yep. top. You know, and I mean right. the horse. He's, the horse is, I guess, his main horse right now. Tyson is, you know, certainly in the conversation for the for one of the best horses in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the guys that are riding him are, are, are proving that every week. Uh, so you know, it's interesting to, to see how they've managed to keep that quality of horsepower over this many years, like decades, that they've had the had the, that family has had the the horsepower. And I mean, if you talk to Curtis, uh, uh, you know, he he's he's got one of those those eyes that he notices horses in any event and he'll spot one uh, that's you know might be a barrel horse might be somebody's rope horse uh as a as a potential and he's always keeping an eye on horses and he remembers what people owned not just in our event you know I'm, if you're like me I barely know what I'm getting on but he's <laughs> he's got a list in his mind of potentials that you know if something happened I might take a look at seeing if that horse was for sale or yeah. you know he's trying to develop something it's not just uh resting on having that one good horse he's got some that he's developing or trying to keep an eye out for him, so I mean that that speaks to me to his you know how well rounded he is and why he's been such a threat for so long, is that it's not just he's not just showing up and smashing him behind the horns he's 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 bringing more to the table he's worried about that uh, that next horse and and uh, and what might be out there as well so kind of what, interesting
0: what's your what's your best Cassidy story from the from the road or from out outside of it one that you're allowed to tell on the show it's probably limited. Because, like,
3: <laughs> some of the ones I could tell, Curtis might take offense to. and he I've likes... heard some
0: about Gibsons in their rig. Is that, isn't that that a thing with them and the Gibsons? Oh, yeah, No, can't talk about any of that either. Okay. Um, okay.
3: <laughs> I could tell this is, like, I don't know. This is maybe a bit of a testament to rodeo and sometimes, like, like, guys not knowing bulldoggers, right? Like, you two. Um,
0: I remember... I uh, travel with some bur- bulldoggers. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah you know. My You're strategy, different.
1: like, when rodeoing is I'd always make friends with the bulldoggers. Because, like, yeah. when you go to the dance and you start <laughs> shit, you always got the big guys to come <laughs> yeah. back you up. <laughs>
0: I, <laughs> I never tried to start the shit, but I just want to be oh. friends with them. Just my,
3: <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite instance, like, because Curtis, he likes to pick on me quite a bit. So, anytime that I get a chance to laugh at Kurt, I, I generally try and take advantage of it. We were at the springtime event challenge there, and Curtis was walking around uh, with his, like, NFR jacket on. And I can't remember who it was. Just big-dicking it around. Just, well, and I mean, <laughs> rightfully so, right? And I remember this little ruffie was, like, right beside me. And I won't mention who it was. Is he like, who is that guy? He was like, who's the ginger in the NFR jacket? <laughs> <laughs> I turned around, and Wait, somebody New guy. literally <laughs> hit him with the shoulder. was like, that's Curtis Cassidy. Like, hey, you, is this your first rodeo? Yeah. Have you been around? Have oh, you looked? Wow. Uh, Needs to say, if Curtis would have been an earshot of that, he probably would have choked you to death. <laughs> <by> <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs>
4: They, uh, the, the, that family's not above uh, I don't know if it actually comes to actual blows but if you if you go to the practice pen there between Greg and Cody and Curtis they're not afraid to express their opinion very directly to each other yeah and until I uh, until I started raising two boys that uh, that uh, periodically break out in fisticuffs I hadn't uh, hadn't appreciated it but those uh, those are very passionate competitors and sometimes uh, with differing views uh, so the practice pen can get fairly. Uh, fairly, fairly loud heated. at yeah. times cool. uh, wow. Very direct, open, honest communicators
0: yep. Yeah Should we move on to number three? <laughs> yeah, yep, <for> sure. probably <laughs> would hurt <Okay. laughs>
2: Before we Ways. get into trouble yeah.
1: Number three, we got Mark Roy One world title, two NFR aggregates Chance is dying
0: He's having, he's choking uh, Too much Diet Coke Do you need a water? Do you need CPR? I think it's COVID Somebody call a doctor <laughs> It's a Ronakoff <laughs> this <laughs> coughed rona all over the in-house studio Ugh. we're all six feet apart Damn it. but yeah <coughs> so mark roy one world title that was 1992 hell of a and year what else? what else did you have hell of a year two time nfr average champion actually yeah. was the world champion 92 but both years he made the finals two nfr three NFR, yeah uh two of the three years he won the average so that gives him 80 points there. The three qualifications is another 60 and two Canadian titles. Those were in the 90s as well. That was 91 and 92 back-to-back. 92, yeah. Who wants to start? <laughs> oh, oh chances Chance coughing, so we going Chance back. gasping, to... hey? He okay. hit, the, hit the diet pop too hard. Do you need some water? Uh, <laughs> too <It's>
1: many cheeseburgers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we did dust a lot of Saskatchewan beef here a minute ago.
4: Oh, yeah. Who do you expect it to come to a bull rider's house and
1: have a sweet barbecue lunch? So...
0: You didn't expect that. No. What I've, did you what, what did you expect? I, I
4: assumed it was going to be like Itchy Band or something. Really? Turkey and so Red well. Bull.
1: Yeah. Actually, I'd have been happy with Itchy Band, considering my current state. We have some. I could have hooked you Could have got into it.
0: I mean, I'm, we're former bull riders, though, right? Yeah. Former. Ah, former. Reformed.
1: Yeah. yeah we're Reformed. kind of we're kind of, a, we're kind of classier now. <laughs>
0: Class- so, yeah. Classed yeah.
1: up the joint a bit. Yeah. We're educated. <laughs> we're educated bull riders, <laughs> kind of. I don't yeah. think that
3: deviation. really. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, Mark Roy, go ahead. Uh,
4: it, again, uh, uh, I got a, just a minimal overlap with, with uh, Mark, but uh, uh, one of my first, actually the first time that I uh, uh, went to a uh, uh, jackpot, I was in college at Olds, and a, a buddy, Jimmy Stevens, told me we should go to this jackpot. It'll be fun. And I was uh, not very handy, to say the least. And I was like, well, you know, what kind of competition are we talking about? He said, oh, it's over somewhere by Strathmore, if, if I remember right. And he said, don't worry, it'll be a bunch of like college guys like us, and amateur guys won't be a big deal. And I pulled into the parking lot uh, with my buddy Jimmy and our, in our, uh, you know, all of our zest for the sport, and and there was five black Copenhagen School trucks in the parking lot, and I thought, huh so back in the day when, when those were were the prizes for the for the Canadian champs so that this is not college kid jackpot we're, we're in way over our head uh, but the moral of the story is that I'm pretty sure I was 82 seconds or some terrible amount of time on three head but I I did glom onto three and throw them down and and mark uh, mark was the guy that handed me the check and he said uh, I can even remember what he said to me but it was you know hey good bulldogging today you know, one of those kind of lines and and uh, and spent probably five or ten minutes talking to me and I was just a kid from BC that came out here for college and, you know, just shouldn't even been at that jackpot. And, and he took the time out to, uh, to have a few words with me and, and, uh, I mean, I darn sure knew he was. Uh, that would have been about you know 1990. He was he was uh, he was one of the monsters out there. So uh, very uh, that always stuck with me. Is it you know personable guy uh, still uh, wanted to talk to the younger fellows. Another guy that put on some schools and and hosted some great jackpots. You know later on in life go to uh, go to the uh, the Mark Roy jackpot. Uh, the only thing you wanted to stay out of was the pitch game that followed because I think people lost trucks and horses and all kinds of shit like that and those those card games were dangerous but but uh yeah no doubt a, a competitor and and a and a professional a guy that studied it uh, for a for a man of his stature he was a technician uh and a very correct with his uh with his style and his technique and made sure he rode the you know the best horses out there as well so kind of neat and he's got some boys uh in the game now too and and uh so that's good watching to see that you know the kind of the family tradition carried on which uh, i think is important in our sport so yeah, very deserving.
3: Yeah. And I just remember when I was young, I was traveling around with dad and dad was, you know, rodeoing with Mark and Blaine and these guys. And I always kind of considered that, that era, honestly, like the golden era of rodeo. I mean, these guys were larger than life and I mean, going to the CFR, sitting behind the and box, watching these guys compete. Um, it just, it was just a different game. Like I, I think Blaine and Mark and, and those guys like Greg, Dad, Cray Greg, I mean you put them in the mix here these days. I mean, these guys gosh damn it, I think we'd have to step back up again. These guys <laughs> were good. Like I mean competition's tough now, but and maybe it's just because I'm I'm looking at a bunch of my idols from back in those days. Um and maybe it was just young, but gosh damn it it seemed like they just those guys those guys bulldog so damn good and the amount of good horsepower around. Like now, you take a look, there's a few guys with a few good horses, but I mean, it seemed like they just had so much good horse flesh.
4: Yeah. Yeah. well and any and anybody in in the, in the and not to make light of the other events because it's it's tough anywhere but but in the steer wrestling it's uh, i think it's it's dirty tough and there's a pile of guys that that could have would have should have that are right there that for but for a couple of different circumstances could have been there so so you look at, at somebody that's won the world in the steer wrestling i have i have a ton of respect nobody wins up by accident nobody's uh oh they got lucky or they they drew good or or whatever the case may be like they put in the time they 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 got there on 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 Talent as well as work, and and he'd be that guy.
0: Yeah, what Mark, it, He ahead. was the first Canadian to win the world as a bulldogger too. I
3: believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that's right. Hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a gosh damn milestone right there in in in, in and of itself. And uh and yeah, it's. I had uh, the privilege of having Mark actually haze for me for a good part of a season. I just missed the CFR that year. I think I was flying back and forth from school. And, uh, and Mark, just for the limited amount of time that I had with him, I mean, it's good when you can have these guys that have this experience on the other side from you. I mean, it just gets you out of your box, breaks your paradigms. And I mean, they're, they kind of just, well, I mean, there's no kind of about it. They help you step up your game. It was, it was a pleasure actually having him haze for me there that, that, uh, that part of the year. Yeah, really cool to have guys that have been there and done that
4: uh, on the road. Because I was, you know, like I say, I was just kind of coming up uh, through those, through the ranks, I suppose. But you had somebody that was a, a calming influence uh, when maybe your nerves were flying, and he would, you know, tell you, you know, you talk about your steer, talk about what the start was. You know, and he, one of those guys that always had time for him. And I watch him do it now with uh, with my boys. Uh, he 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 pulled one aside at a jackpot this summer, and they they had a, a quick visit about some stuff. And and uh, you know, that's that's so key in our sport to pass on that that experience. And uh, you know, you see somebody that's uh, that's tight or not right, and and you know, try to try to interject a little bit and and smooth it out for him. And and uh, yeah, that's I I know it was a factor for me, and I I see him still doing it. You know, years later.
0: What. What put him over the top to win the world in 92, to be that first Canadian to break through and do that, and to win the average both years? Was he just more consistent than some? Was he mounted better than some? What do you, what do you guys think helped him break that barrier to, to get that gold buckle?
3: I all, think that all he was of a, above yeah
0: all <laughs> of the
4: above he I think he was a businessman about it too. it wasn't uh uh you know some guys are kind of more uh, more on emotion or aggression uh you know his he is a businessman about it, so he got paid when he needed to get paid and and made those smart runs didn't waste the the draws that he had i mean we can we can say about any of these guys as you know at the top of this list that they've you know rode the right horse or owned the right horse and and he certainly he certainly did that and he he rode a variety of horses as I recall. Uh, and and people would be happy to put him on because he was a winner, and and that's the you know sometimes that's a the difference. There's guys out there with skills, uh, but you know there's a difference between uh, skills in the practice pen and and delivering when the when the money's up and you've drawn right and and making a statement for yourself.
3: Well, that's actually funny because Mark did actually mention that to me one time. I remember I can't remember what the heck he must have he must have had uh, crossways with somebody here with a horse. I I think it might have been well actually I won't even say who it was, but they weren't going to let him on, and then the draw would come in and then Mark actually have a decent steer and they'd be like, you know what, just going to go ahead and just eat my humble pie, let Mark on and get my check and get out of there. And that's exactly <laughs> what would happen. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. You get the right guy on the right horse lined up with the right steer, you're you're going to get a check and that's that's pretty much what it was.
0: It must have been a different time in the Bulldog and too in the, like, the early 90s. Things must have changed a little bit because you go from winning the NFR average in, you know, in 1959, it was 111 seconds on 10 head. You go to the 60s, and there's 8 and 9 they win it on. Then in the 70s, John W. Jones Sr., it's 85 seconds on 10 head. You know, you're averaging 8 seconds. Then you get into, like, Oatberry. Oat, Berry. Oat Berry is the first one to break the 50-second mark on the average for 10, 10 head. He's 49.3. Then you go down to, to when Mark won it here in 96, 92 and 96. So he's 58 on 10 in and, and 92, and then 44.8. Which is the second fastest it had ever been, ever been. to that point, yeah, like right? that's
4: doing it all week long, yeah, and like yeah.
0: being four, four or five every night mm-hmm. yeah, you know you're yeah. gonna probably want to check every night mm-hmm. you know it's not probably the most exciting bulldogging to go just go get a time every time. <laughs> But that's going to win you money in that business, isn't it? Yeah, oh. oh yeah,
4: that and average. You know, it factors in. I think maybe even more so now as a percentage. But it, it you know, the average is a big is a big ticket item down there. You uh, you win the average in many events. Uh, yeah. NFR, now it, it's seventy thousand. Yeah, it it's the It's the title in many yeah. events yeah. now. Right. Uh, but for those guys, then like he he still had to get the job done through the weeks and and with the stock that was there and the and the talent that was there. That was that was hard slugging.
0: Wait, well, see, let's go to uh, go to number, number two. two.
1: Blaine Peterson, Amisk, yeah.
0: Sus, Amisk, Alberta. Nice. I feel like that's Saskatchewan sometimes. It just seems like a Saskatchewan town name almost. It looks Amis. a little like Saskatchewan over doesn't there, doesn't it? Yeah. It ends with an S <laughs> K.
1: That's the thing though. That that's like central part of Alberta is more so or just as flies as anywhere in Saskatchewan. It's true. It's not fair. We get we get a bad rap out there. It's not. It's not fair. So <laughs> still better than Saskatchewan. So okay. we never told th- Go Riders. So <laughs>
0: Cassidy was in. So coming into our top five here. So Todd Bogus, 110 points. Curtis Cassidy, 140. Mark Roy, 260, with the uh, with the world title, two NFR average titles, and uh, then you go to Blaine Peterson. He's got 320 mm-hmm. world title in 1994, two-time NFR average champion, five qualifications to the f- to Vegas, and four Canadian titles. 320 points, number two.
4: That's mm. a that's a big number. He I uh, I jumped my very first year at one of his schools in Kamloops, BC. And, uh, I, I know that I, uh, I, <laughs> the very first, first run, uh, short story, first run, I, uh, I, I was committed to not riding by anything. Cause that just gets in your mind. And I'd had some advice not to do that. And, and I, uh, I mean, I nodded my head, kicked three times and crawled off. Blaine was nowhere near me. Steer was nowhere near me. Oh, no. I ate shit, tumbled around. So wait, me.
0: how did you miss the steer that bad? Cause he was late.
4: <laughs> like the steer was late so you just <laughs> the hazer was late yeah. Mark was hazing for me and or, uh, or sorry uh, Blaine, Blaine was, was. and, and uh, his, just his horse slipped in the box and I was far too immature to know the difference and I you just went. all I it. knew was that I was getting off and maybe this was going to happen I was just clueless and I uh, <laughs> like if there, there was a
0: time when you shouldn't have maybe got
1: off it was yeah, probably that this time. was a
4: terrible idea he yeah. stopped the show <laughs> <laughs> brought everybody together on the arena floor, made an example of me. He's like, I've seen you ride. You can ride. What are you doing? And I said, well, I, I my, my brother told me to make, make sure. sure you jump the first one for sure. You'll get a monkey on your back and you ride by them all. So make sure you jump the first one, Get, get it out of your system. So I, Kicked three times and got off. Just bailed, and uh, and he said that's stupid. And, and fortunately, <laughs> the guy that owned the uh, owned the arena, Stoney Waterson, uh, had rodeoed with my brother, and he stepped out and defended me and said, "Hey, no, that." His brother would have definitely told him to do that, <laughs> which is kind of stupid. But anyway, my my brother Ross was trying to look out for me; he didn't want me to look like a gunsel. But yeah. in the end, I uh, gunsel. I, that's, I, a, I, that's a word I haven't heard in a while. Uh, a good, yeah, uh, I that's lived it word. there, but it uh, it was fun. I, I took that school as my very first uh, school, and then later in life, one of the I, I took a lot of school. I needed a lot of teaching but I took a I went to uh, to one of his schools he probably put on as many or more schools than anybody in Canada for the steer wrestling I would have to say uh, there's other guys, you know, chance has certainly put on some schools and Darren Ziffel does. And I went to a pile of, uh, of the Pew families, Wally and Trigger. Uh, those are the, the, those are my coaches, but, uh, I did, I did finish up one of my later schools was, uh, was going back to Blaine so I could try to redeem myself <laughs> from that very first effort. And he had a, he'd have a series of schools every year. And if you won the school, both the kind of the pro and the amateur end of it, uh, you got to come back for a jackpot at the end of the year and he had a saddle up. So, I uh, I did uh, I did come back get through the school uh, jackpot and then uh, and come to the, the the final jackpot and I got my saddle. So so I felt like I redeemed myself over that first uh, uh first fart knocker I took at the uh, at the school in Camloops.
0: The uh, Blaine's a guy that I never really like I I'd, I'd grown up around uh Denver and and Bryn Roy, so I knew them, so I kind of knew Mark and I hadn't really met him much. Uh, definitely knew Lee Graves. But Blaine was kind of a guy that I hadn't, I'd never met until last year at the at the Stampede in Calgary when he got inducted into inducted the there, yeah. Pioneers of Rodeo. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I'd ever met him or even seen him in person yeah. in, in my career because he he kind of hasn't been as involved recently, right? You
3: generally, just kind of see him up there at Wainwrights and
4: yeah, see him at a few. Then in, in yeah. you know for a number of years he'd come and haze at Pinocchio uh it's it's a place where you want to have a seasoned hazer and he would come and and uh, make his bones there uh you know and, and you know make fun of us uh, <laughs> you know, he, he, his uh his technique for me. Uh, was was good watching he's very hard on himself he's got replacement parts I think from his toes to his ears probably now he's had some new new pieces put in but for as far as anybody from Canada that drove their feet in the ground uh, and stopped cattle Blaine Blaine was it not a small man either very physical but he absolutely drove his feet in the ground you watch a video where he's got the right horn hooked up while well, he's still got the saddle horn he's already got them pulled into his tracks and then slam his feet in the ground and 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 stop cattle. Yeah, vicious.
3: Yeah, I remember watching Blaine when I was a kid, and that was one thing that I was going to mention. Like um, From the way that it was described, Bud and Blaine had the similar philosophy when it came to the right arm. Those guys would try and get them really good out of the saddle. I mean, when they hit, they never stopped lifting until their feet hit the ground. I mean, that's one thing I think with these cattle that we have now that are a little bit lighter and maybe a little bit more trained up. We we're getting away with not quite finishing these cattle, maybe rolling that nose into them a little bit those guys i mean if if you're if you're a bulldogger right now and you can finish those cattle like these guys can I mean you're getting those clean falls they didn't waste like they saved tents they they'd yeah. eat us up and that was that was one thing that Dad when I was learning and I went to Blaine school too, and Blaine preached on he said you know. Focus on that right arm. And I know that's when Dad Dad he always referenced it back to both Bud and Blaine. He's like, You need a you need to finish your cattle like these guys did. Cause I mean, he said that was the difference between them placing middle of the pack and finishing first. And I mean, they did. Yeah. And
4: you know, also, you know, more more famous in our circles, but uh how many guys you know have thrown a steer left handed
3: at the NFR? For the win.
4: Yeah. To win, to win the, the world. Yeah. Left handed. Yeah, stay in the stay in the average. What's the had, story one get, had one get a little loose on him and had to finish him left-handed.
3: Yeah, went over top of his head. Um, the steer like just set up a little bit, and Blaine went over top of his head and seen him right beside him. So latched up on the other side, really, and threw him down. And like Blaine said, they interviewed him after. Is <laughs> like they're like, so do you practice that? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm curious though.
0: No. So, like, I wonder, do you like? Is that a thing? Never. No. Oh, I think, uh, I think
3: it, after that we all tried it, and
4: it's, it's not a good idea. It'd be You're, so foreign. I yeah. like. I don't
0: even know how to write with a pen left-handed. No. Was, yeah. Hold on. Like, it's so technical. You got to. Shape them right and and move your ha- like I would I'd probably try and do it the wrong way and get all messed around. Most Everything of us will try out.
3: and get back because I mean in most of our situations we're not tenth round of the N.F.R. We're like two headers <laughs> yeah. like wow we're screwed so might as well walk over here and do it the right way. I know when mm-hmm. I was younger I tried it once when I was in a bad spot and I think I rode off a resist all hat and about maybe a pound of flesh off my back. So <laughs> yeah. don't recommend. Yeah, high one school, out of I, five
4: stars. I ate some page wire uh, trying that in high school one time, so it was uh, unsuccessful.
0: Uh, So five NFR qualifications, Uh, like I said, one of the only two guys to have made it four times in a row. And some might not know or remember, and I I didn't know it until I looked back up, but also finished second to Oat Berry in 1991 by only about 12 grand, which isn't a huge margin, right? Like, like could have been two times pretty handily. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, that many times the
4: Canadian finals, the, the, the four Canadian titles to go with it, like there's some incredible stats on this side of the border. Um, actually what we're talking about, the Canadian stats and even the formula, uh, our, our statistician did a little playing with, uh, you know, what ifs, uh, if they added some, uh, you know, save five points for a, a Canadian finals, uh, appearance and it, it really had almost no change in who the top ten were. Really? It did change the order uh, a little bit, yeah. but it didn't. It, it had almost no change at all in who the top ten were. So, just speaking to the formula, as much as a person might say, well, it's kind of skewed just to the world, and you know, should there be more, uh, you know, credit credence given to the to the Canadian results? But you know, looking at these guys like you know, Blaine sitting there with fourteen CFRs, like that wouldn't have hurt him either. Yeah, he'd well, stay and even pretty
0: sticky. even if our, but the the problem I had with that in the Canadian the Canadian finals qualifications was that you can't give them five points because your Canadian title is worth 10. So then if we do that, is is w- making the CFR twice worth a Canadian you'd have title? To re- you'd
3: have to redo everything. Right? Yeah, your numbers yeah. would have to be staggered yeah. differently.
0: Oh, right. And yeah, even if you give it one point, yeah. does it do enough for it? Maybe like... Like you could, like well, fourteen extra points wouldn't have made a difference. No. Yeah, exactly, right. No.
1: Or, or, or yeah, I suppose or you could, you could take you know, your your, NFR, your world
4: titles and and boost them up. You got to bump them up more. The top. But uh, yeah, you can argue the stats all day long. It's yeah, uh, you know, it's it's or it's
0: kind of skewed again to to uh, the people that not the people that I don't know where I'm trying to go with it, but it'd be skewed to the guys that that didn't uh, go into the states as yeah. much. Right? Well, and yeah. I mean for the objective well, this, that you're looking at, right? This, this is like what we have
3: is, to do. This is what you're doing.
0: But but so I, no. I mean is but I, I wonder about this 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 uh, system and I almost think that five like five NFRs is a considerable amount to be mm-hmm. worth a world title. I I feel like that's closer, whereas yeah. five CFR qualifications would be kind. You could kind of almost consider it similar. Like the one where I got in a bit of a jam, or I don't know if I got in a jam because Everybody agreed with it. Was Rod Hay never won the world, but he was number two on the list of bronc riders, yeah. But he made the NFR 20 times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. so there's kind of you have to give points to those qualifications because you are considered some of the best in the world. You can kind of change For it sure. over uh over some different uh decades of competition, but I mean, I don't know. I'm you're make, trying to make this to, up as no, I no, go, no. you're trying to get a <laughs>
3: bunch of different criteria that have weight, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's not like okay, I won the world, I showed up at the world. Once I showed up, I won it once. I mean, does that have the same weight that a guy that's made it maybe 15, 20 times consistently? Mm -hmm. No, I don't think it does. I mean, it's nice. That gold buckle, obviously, is something you're going to have that the other guy isn't. But, I mean, this guy, over time, you know, I'd say he's one of the best. Yeah, exactly. For
4: sure. Well, and it, this works out good for Chance and I because this is your formula, so we can just blame you <laughs> when our buddies Yeah, this is, yeah, this is easy for us. Yeah. I'm curious. Wow, these guys,
0: I wish it's formula, not ours. I'm curious <laughs> what they say though. Like, I, I'm interested to hear everyone's thoughts, and like, and that's why we're doing this show is because we mm-hmm. want to create conversation. Well, we want to have these conversations, and and. Get people's feedback and and honestly, like if you don't agree with it, let us know because we want to improve on this yeah. and yeah. we can redo the list. The this show might be all out to <laughs> out of whack, but like we can redo it. We can redo the list on the on the site. So See, I, mean, I think I think honestly, for the most part, I think you, you did
3: it pretty clean cut. Like you set up a point system. You've got your objective: best cowboys on the world stage, right? So it's going to weigh heavy to those guys that have won the world, mm-hmm. made and the as NFR, it and I mean that's that's as it should. That's what your objective is, right? And, I mean, it's something that you can actually be objective about and not have any bias. Now, when we start talking about the best bulldogger by skill... Holy smokes! That's yeah. that's a, a snake that's a, Yeah. And
0: how do you how do you how do you do that? that oh, you
3: know, that's exactly. so subjective then, yeah. right?
4: Because you're going to say, "Well, these guys that made the choice for you know, finances or or personal businesses or yeah. or you know, I'm afraid of planes, whatever it is, you didn't." Uh, didn't Some cross guy might have
0: never won a rodeo and been the best bulldog. Yeah. There's just no way there's to just, really you know. Tell. There's there's mm-hmm.
4: guys that were you know Vikings in their own yeah. in their own turf, but if you you know this list is about guys that that expose themselves to the yeah. world stage mm-hmm. and and what that looked like. Well, so take a look at like Leon Lay. Oh. There's a, there's a guy. Yeah. He, his, his season leader record. If you talk to the guys that, uh, uh, that rodeoed with him, you know, the, the placing percentage as I understand it, uh, from then, you know, that was, that a record was, was erased when Calgary's money counted the, the one year and, and the old guys, I know some old guys that were mad and not Leon guys that were mad about it because his, his record was so impressive because it was, wasn't real recent either. He'd won it a number of years back. Rodeos didn't pay as much and he placed everywhere. He went everywhere, hauled his placed ass off huh. and beat him all across the country. And, and uh, like it was a, an absolute dominant performance, and that was in the era of of these guys that are at the top of this list. And what did huh. Leon weigh? Oh yeah, what's I don't know, a buck eighty? Or, yeah, you know, and <laughs> and you know he's mean. Yeah, it, yeah, raw bone and strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, but like, he's only he's not even six feet tall.
0: Like he's probably no, like five ten. He's a very you know not regular guy. Man. Yeah, but he
4: he rode well. He's super competitive. You know, he huh. he cracked back out again when his uh, when his when his boy was going and. And uh, everybody wished he have stayed home because he was. He went to the amateur, road, he was and killed them all. Went yeah. to the even went to some senior pros and they yeah. pretty much had to chase him out of there. Yeah. So that was the
0: FCA finals, like in the last five years. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He was just like he and then beat better, everybody. Better. He? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He it was, did. It just wasn't <laughs> close. So, <laughs> so everybody's it's like, like, okay, this is, this is bullshit. You retire again. That'd be go, great. Yeah. Go away. Go, away. <laughs> go back. Uh, 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 I guess this brings us to number one. Do we need like a one? drum roll or anything? Or do you want to do the points and then like? I think everybody that's listening probably knows. It's pretty obvious who it is. Yeah,
1: two world titles. Two yeah. NFR aggregates, 10 NFRs, mm-hmm. that's a few, and five Canadian titles, Lee graves, number one.
0: Calgary, Alberta address, too, hey? That's pretty impressive. Does he actually live in town? What the, I don't know this. He's, He's down, in, down Texan, in Texas now. I He's living in Hunter's. But he was, he was a Calgary address. Yeah, My family like? moved out here from BC. They were
4: more uh, Williams Lake neighborhood. They were caribou kids, uh... I actually overlapped with uh, with Lee in high school rodeo, which I I don't love to admit because he wasn't uh, he didn't even steer wrestled through high school. He didn't start till later in life, and then uh, whipped us all. Yeah, he's a uh, his 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 record's incredible. I, it uh, uh, you know love it or hate it, he he won uh, an incredible amount in in his career. Uh, rode some fantastic horses. Uh, that that Jesse horse that he had. Uh, was the angriest mm. horse on the road. He would, mm-hmm. he would, you know, drop your feet, and then he'd do this high-speed lap at the end of the arena, and you needed to be careful, uh, the guys that rode him, because he'd make this loop, and if he happened to line you out, he might
3: run you over. Well, uh, I remember the one time, he, damn, he'd damn run at the back end, and then the 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 stirrup flip back over the saddle. Oh, he yeah. did not like that. And Freaked it was like, up. pick up 10 gears and run scary fast. And are like, this horse yeah. is going to implode.
4: One of the, one of the fastest steer wrestling horses of all time, I would yeah. have to say. But yeah. one of the things that I, I want to say about Lee and, uh, is that in the steer wrestling event there are some people now and and chances all swell up here on his on his rebel energy but he's uh, <coughs> these guys that take the, the physicality and the the, the athletics the athletic side of it more seriously than what than what most people did and what was ever done historically Lee was one of those guys that was always in excellent shape put the time in in the gym uh, was flexible. Took the athletic side of it extremely seriously because I mean when we were in when we were in high school he was a pretty regular built uh, regular built guy when I would see him at the high school rodeos and and uh, you see him now he still looks like he's a monster so so th- there's a guy that that put the time in and made sure that he was physically ready. Uh, to be to be a world champ, and it and it paid off. He rode he rode fantastic horses for sure, but he was he was himself uh, an athlete. He was a professional athlete, and we throw that term around in rodeo a lot. You know, it's a pro pro sport, pro athletes, but you know sometimes the reality was. Uh, Uh, That that you know, it was for some people, it was more of an event. Uh, You know, they weren't taking the the nutrition, the 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 gym time, the training, the practice sessions as seriously as what as what it would be for from basketball to hockey to football. Uh, where those guys have trainers and off-season work and and do all of those things. Where there's a few people out there, uh, you know. And Chance is a good example now, but but Lee was that guy in in my time frame. You uh, know, there's others, but he was probably when the, it wasn't
1: as common back then either, right? Yeah. yeah, it
4: really wasn't. The rest of us thought we got in shape by running more steers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was I was over at uh, at Wally's house running 25 on the ground and and as many horses as I could swing a leg over, and that was my workout. Uh, and 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 it, it worked for me for for a period but but lee battled through some big injuries uh you know big knee braces he, i think one point in an interview he said uh, if he had something to do differently he said well he would have bought two good knee braces on day one and and uh and added just a little more to his career well if i mean if he hadn't had some knees uh issues like what would his stats look like then So yeah, you have to, you have to give him credit for that. He, uh, he was, he was a professional athlete. Uh, when, when many of us were professional cowboys, he was a professional athlete that was a cowboy. Mm -hmm. So I give him that.
3: Yeah. And like Lee right up to the end, I mean, he stayed competitive right to his last year. I remember I was riding around at Lethbridge just talking to Lee and, I think I was right behind him. I think I was like in 15th and Lee was well within the standings and it was just a muscle tear there at the end of the year. And I mean, he would have had another CFR qualification underneath his belt. Mm-hmm. Like he was salty right to the bitter end. Oh yeah. And put him into finals,
4: you know, in, in Canada, you can come from the, from the bottom of the standings and, and win the finals, yeah. uh, win the, win the year end. So, yeah he 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 definitely was uh was a threat all the way through i i i just i think about that horse all the time that's what makes me giggle is just how how violent that that jesse horse was mm-hmm. that was a that was a pretty uh pretty neat character yeah.
0: originally from chilliwack bc mm-hmm. and uh and go back 1995 won the all-around title in calgary you know yeah, oh, yeah he roped calves good and, right yeah. and then uh also also on the prca here it says he competing in the team roping too but i don't see any titles in the team roping but we're not going to hold anyways. that anyway yeah <laughs> no worries <laughs> uh,
3: you might actually have to deduct points if uh, you did win something there allegedly oh. yeah five <laughs>
0: five uh canadian titles though you go to uh 96 97 and 96 was only his second year even with a car or maybe it's third year you got bought his prca card in 94 so two years later was a canadian champion nine and, and again yeah. in 97 then 01 03 05 so 05 he wins both yeah. yeah
4: pretty rank like when right he had a college corp? he he i think he started if i understand it right he he started bulldogging when he was at college just as a sideline and yeah the, you
0: said he didn't do it when he was a kid no
4: he wasn't in high school rodeo we, wow. the rest of us were dragging around by our faces and he was <laughs> he was in the uh he had a rope in his hands and i mean his it, they always had some really nice horses his uh his dad uh trained some cutting horses and was a was a you know a, a legit uh, old school cowboy and uh, he had quite a system. I think his 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 uh, mom ran entries and and uh, and office management for his machine, and uh, you know, it, it, I mean, his brother uh, his brother Wade was a, a bareback rider, and, and darn sure won his share as well. He's he's uh, he was no slouch. So, yeah they they were they were legitimate for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So you win the world one time, and you know you could call it just a fluke, but then you win it again, like you're actually legitimately. Two times, right? I'm not saying he yeah. was a fluke, but I was I was just oh. saying Best Plug was giving me tr- trouble one time because I rode a bull for like ninety, and he was like, "Well, if you don't ride him again, it's just a fluke." So. <laughs> 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 Sounds like Chad, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but like, but oh, Lee yeah. won it twice, and I mean Out with right. authority
4: though too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I mean, yeah, he, he didn't, didn't sneak just, in there. No, and and giving you know number one and number two uh, some connection that uh, and uh, and I think Lee would agree that uh, Blaine had a good deal to do with with his success, and he uh, and and he was one of one of Lee's coaches. And and you could see that throughout his career, uh, and even in some of the interviews, they would talk about how they had talked uh, the night before, or talked after the draw, or you know different places that Blaine was hazing for him, and he, he took him to the finals, and and had his had his coach there, and we're all you know we all have those people in our in our. In our, you know, in our back, uh, in our background, that help us be successful. Like, you know, for me, I've mentioned before, the Pew family. Uh, you know, before before I started uh, going to Wally's house, I wasn't a threat anywhere. And uh, and you you have to have those people in the background. And and Blaine, not only you know winning what he won, he also was there for uh, uh, for guys like Lee and, and helped them become you know the best in the world.
0: He uh, in two thousand five, he won it by a margin of uh, of like almost 40 like it was 37,000 over over Jason Lair. That was in 05 and then in in 2009 beat Le- Luke Branquino by 50,000. Like it wasn't <laughs> even close. Yeah, that it, year, right? And you know like Luke well, I think know, that was was that
3: the year that he threw it out, of threw that steer out of his arms. I think Luke, if he would have hold on to that, held on to that one. I think he would have with the average. Yeah, that was that took Luke out of closed. the average then. Yeah. And I think the math got pretty
4: close. It took yeah. him right out of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, he threw yeah. one and it, and it threw it out of his arms. Luke threw it out of his arms. He I threw know. him hard enough and didn't hang on and yeah. and uh, and he got away on him and and uh, yeah, that was a little heartbreak for him. But that's that's rodeo that's too. He got, said, he's, got he's got four. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody
0: can take anything away from Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else to before we wrap it up, guys? I think that's our list. Eh? That's it. Well, list? I just
3: want to kind of I just Go want ahead. to touch
0: back on one theme here with all
3: of these guys that you see on this list, um, from Bud all the way back up to Lee. And I know I missed this on Curtis. All of these guys have given back to other bulldoggers. and I mean Curtis was one guy that he's always been really damn good about helping the up and comers. I mean Bud when we had all sorts of guys starting out at our place. I mean, Bud always took an ownership on all these kids. And, I mean, all of these guys, they give back. And all these guys, they try and help the next generation come up. And I just think, like, the accolades and everything like that, that that's important. But, I mean, the character of a lot of these guys, I think that's what honestly speaks the most of them. Well, mm-hmm. cool. yeah,
0: thanks, you thanks you guys, for coming down to do this. This has been a lot of fun. We, that's been good. We need a, I guess what we'll say is... uh for, to see the full list, if you haven't already, uh, check it out. We'll have it on the website, everythingcowboy.com. Um, you'll be able to see the full list there in a write-up of each guy and what they've done if, if you haven't already read it. But just... If you want to see the full list back there, uh, check it out. Check out the site. Check out previous shows. Again, Chance was on episode sixty-one. Mm-hmm. Tells his story of almost died. dying to go to make the <laughs> make the CFR. You know, for the first time later that year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Craig, thanks for doing this. This was really awesome. Thanks for coming down, <laughs> deadly. Thanks for having us. It's been fun. Thanks again to our guests today on the show, episode 75. This is Cowboy Shit Ted and Wasey, Chance Butterfield, Craig Guthrie, and our, I guess, we, what do we call him, Brian? We call him statistical.
1: Uh, he's basically the Slade Long of steer wrestling. He's the what? Oh, Slade, Slade Long Slade of. Slade Long of. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like prodoggerstats.com. Brian Neal. Yeah. At 71 pro, pro underscore. Wrestlers. At 71 underscore tiny on Twitter. Hit him up if you want to. Paul rodeo fan. He's got all the info. He did all the stats for the show. He looked up everything. We'd had to vet a few things. He gave Curtis Cassidy a couple extra points on an NFR qualification. That was a little premature, but it's there now. So this show we did before the finals of the standings. But, anyways, uh, it was a great, uh, great work by Brian. Got to say thanks again to him. He basically did all the homework for the show. Wacey and I did not do. Any at all this time? We don't know a lot about bull loggers. We're
1: thankful. They're thankful for for Craig and uh, and Chance for helping us out. They yeah. basically like held our hand the whole way. So basically, and Craig, that big time.
0: Craig even cooked the burgers at lunchtime. It was awesome. <laughs> he went full dad. Yeah, great full guy. dad. Yeah, really hooked us up. They still have huge sideburns. I haven't seen him in a few. Oh, years. Oh yeah, yeah. Sideburn machine. That's awesome. He looks he has, like he could be
1: part of like the Hell's Angels. Like he puts up. He just saw him walking down the street. And be like that guy's a Hell's
0: Angel. But he's the nicest man. He is. He's ever. a great dude. Nice yeah, man. unbelievable yeah. guy. Yeah. I remember being steer rider age when he was bulldog yeah. and amateur, and we all looked up to him In as the pro rows guys. In like 03, when he was going like I was a steer rider at the same time. It was awesome. But He's a beauty. He's so a great dude. So 75 shows down. we got the bulldogger list. So I guess next, I'm thinking we're probably going to do some barrel racer list. At I think at that's some a good point. idea. We'll do the barrel racer list. Uh, I think we've got a couple of guests lined up for that one. Here, we'll uh, look we'll at get that. Least,
1: that's, that episode scares me a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Approach with caution. <laughs> Does it scare you Not more? Does it scare you more or less than the Bachelor episode?
1: Mm. Less, but pretty close.
0: Like, are you what nervous a, to weigh in with an opinion? It's or? like okay, it's
1: like when you show up to the rodeo and you have to walk by the barrel race, the barrel horses to get behind the chutes. That's what I'm feeling oh. going into the barrel racer list show. But it's going like, to be I'm two like, hours like, of that you're feeling. Like on, you're a little bit, like, I'm on edge a little bit. Like, you could get run over, but you also, you might be okay.
0: Well, I'm glad with this show, I wasn't the one to call a Cassidy an asshole. So, I mean, there's a bonus. <laughs> so, should get less fight opportunities out of this one. But we'll see. But anyways, I'm just pumped.
1: I'm just pumped to bring my stacked about racing resume to that show. I've never lost a jackpot. Oh, that's really?
0: Good. I'm
1: two for two. I'm two for two on the oh, jackpot. not, not even Make not the even the a one
0: for one. Not even a one for one. Hey, eh? like I I, I competed and I was bad, but this was like it was for charity, and I was like I was. I lost pretty lot. I and
1: I beat a CFR qualifier. That's neat.
0: Well, without we a saddle. We without a saddle. We won't name who that is because they might not appreciate <laughs> that. But. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk, I wanted to fit one of these things in where we talk about some of our craziest stories because we we had my dad's birthday the other night in Drayton there and he told this story and so he used to work in the oil field, like he worked in the oil field for most of his life but he uh, was away a lot and this was at at his place in Whitewood and I don't know when it would have been. I'm not not sure when he even lived there right now but I think between like, between like, would have been, would have been between the 60s and the 70s, like somewhere between, between then anyways, so he had these big fuel tanks in the yard, and he would go and he said he filled it up, then he went away to work, and he came back and there was like a bunch of fuels missing. He's like, hey, you know, asked his wife, did you use the fuel? Like, asked him like, where's this fuel going? And so he figured out like it's going missing, so he goes to bed early one night, and he's got he's got his window set up, he's got the shotgun by the window. It's got just number two shot in it, right? Like just you know, he's not going to k- kill anybody. He's just going to hurt him, right, or just scare him. So yeah, just the tames. Just the a, just a the number two. It's not a slug. He's not going to. Not going to. Not going to run. Not going to like really get in too much trouble, right? So so he tells his story, and uh, and so he goes to bed early. Gets up. He's got a crack in the window, and he uh, he sees these guys. You know, they make they make enough noise that it wakes him up. So he goes out. And looks at this, uh, looks at the fuel tanks, and there's these three kids, and they got barrels. They don't just have like their trucks; they're not just filling up their trucks. They're stealing it by the barrel, by the 45 gallon drum, right? So he he gets set up by this window, right? And he's sitting there, and uh, and he says, "You guys stop stealing that fuel." And one of these kids, like one, of, you know, they're teenagers or they're early 20s or whatever. The guy sends them and says, "Fuck you!" And right then, Dad says, "Then I fired." And he he said, "I hit two of them right <laughs> off the bat." <laughs> and they got fucking moving real fast and then i think he said he might have shot like might have fired another one there i don't know like i don't know where he got him or what happened but they got the fuck out of there very fast and he said uh so he said oh yeah i guess that's good like you know whatever He'd, like he didn't kill him they ran off and they're fine like it's just a little bit of buckshot and it's like i think it's like i don't know so he's like he said 60 or 70 yards away so it's like not very close yeah. like you might have got a bb in the ass so what like I don't know. You're not going to fucking off. steal don't any fuel again. Don't be stealing fuel from Stowe. Yeah, you're going you to really you get should. fucking a bunch in your eye. <laughs> somebody, might, somebody might have, you know, you could have lost an eye or something, but, like, you're stealing from somebody, and this is the 60s, so it's fucking, yeah. it's the Wild West still. Southeast Saskatchewan, right? I like, like the picture that around. he was wearing full-length long johns. <laughs> no probably like full on,
1: full onesie underwear like can, one they,
0: can somebody come back and hear this show like if it's like if it's like Ronnie's uncle or something and they were stealing my dad's fuel That's your limitations can I get good. my dad in trouble for this nope. roll on you don't think so okay so then he says the doctor like the town doctor was like a friend that came by once in a while and like he had to walk by the house or drive by the house on the way home so he would like so the next day he shows up at like noon, at like lunchtime, and they're having. He says the doctor's favorite drink was a vodka and orange juice, so he's having a vodka OJ screwdriver at lunchtime. Yeah, not like Dad's scotch in the morning in his coffee, and he's probably done this since he was since that age, right? So, so the doctor comes by, and the doctor's like visiting with him, whatever. And he's like, "Hey, you would not know anything about this, eh? I had these, uh, and he and, this, and Dad says he had he had these this twinkle in his eye, like he had a little spark. He's you like, 'You wouldn't know anything about these guys.'" Couple of kids came into my office about really early yesterday morning. I had a I had to dig a couple of BBs out of them, like couple some buckshot out of them. And Dad was like, "Nope, sure didn't know nothing about that. <laughs> no idea." <laughs> and uh, and then he said, "Yeah, never had anybody steal any fuel from me again. Problem solved." Mm-hmm. So that I I don't know anybody else that shot a person except for my pa. So back when you get away with it. <laughs> Nowadays, oh, that'd be a news story. There'd be a GoFundMe on both sides. Oh, be... Fuck, I don't even know. I just thought about that, and I'm like, that's some fucking cowboy shit. If I could ever <laughs> define it, brought to you by Stovey. <laughs> that's that is some wild shit. So I you thought still that feel for me, I must have kept in your ass, bitch. So I thought we should. Uh, I, I texted you a little while ago saying, what's your craziest story, Wace? And Sean's got one too. So if you want to, you can go. Craziest dad's story. Well, just any any craziest story of yeah, somebody you know my, or family. i got to about my dad. Okay, go ahead, Wace. You got it.
1: Um, so this would have been, I'd have been like probably 11 or 12. My first year Bantam, we were living in Peace River at the time. And my dad was coaching our team as well. I was like playing Bantam A or something. And um, we freaking, we're going from Peace River to a tournament in Edmonton. And we were, uh, got the line- like my brother's team is also playing, so we had the minivan all loaded up and whatever. So we had our hockey <laughs> gear in the back. And the whole Anderson family. We get. Family. Um, we get uh, I think we're just getting into Westlock. We're coming out like uh, just south of Westlock, and we're on the double lane highway. So I can't remember where that is. Anyways, we
0: Whitecourt between double lanes. White Whitecourt. Whitecourt.
1: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Whitecourt. Sorry, that's where it was. Whitecourt.
0: The Alaska um, anyways,
1: Highway. yeah. So we're driving, and then all of a sudden, like there's these two semis and my dad's trying to like get around them and just taking a pass because they're going, obviously going slower than how fast he's driving. And I guess one of the semi drivers didn't like how my dad was driving. So they, the, other, one of the, they like ended up passing, one of them passes again, like kind of boxes in between these two semis and like slowed down and like got us to pull over. And we're like, they were going to like fucking like fight my dad or something. And like say something, trying to say something to my dad. And the whole so family, like for van. those of you, for, well, so for, for those of you who don't know my dad, like he's a little bit,
0: a, little, a, bit a fuse, little bit of a short
1: fuse. A little bit of a short fuse and he'll freaking he doesn't take no shit from anybody. So whatever. This the one semi driver in the truck in front of our van like jumps out and like comes to confront my dad. So my dad like thinks fast and grabs one of one of my goalie sticks and fucking <laughs> yes. starts 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 like fucking yelling at these guys. And then other buddy from the semi, he was getting out to come and talk to, the, like, with his other buddy from the semi in front. As soon as he see my dad pull his hockey stick out, he fucking tuck tail in the back to the semi. And I was like, you want to you fucking go with me? I'll fucking kill you. Like, it was a, man, I'm, like, in the backseat, just, like, my eyes are as big as dinner plates. Like, just fucking, like, he was not taking any shit from anybody. Like, oh and this gosh. semi driver was like, okay, then, I, like, chill out, and just ran back to the semi. And yeah. We put my hockey stick away, and we went back, continued on Edmonton, and had a fun time.
0: <laughs> to quote Leonard um, but that's just like
1: that's one of like I, I could like I have a lot of hockey stories with my dad my dad's like was one of those crazy hockey dads
0: that's um, wild to time, bring out a stick and want to murderize somebody
1: well, I guess well, I guess like what do you got to do like like once he like two guys like, basically would have been a two on one so in his situation like I would have grabbed a hockey stick too and then you should go crazy and people are like hey well this guy's actually nuts so I'm gonna leave him alone yeah Dang. my dad got suspended for, like he was assistant coaching my first year major where I was playing And he got suspended for seven games for fighting one of the other coaches over the stanchion between the benches.
0: Right on. Yeah, so
1: that's just kind of like... He's probably still in the
0: record books. What's your letter, Kenny Clark? Even a UFC wrestler would fall out under do not fuck with. (laughs) 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 What's... uh, Sean, you had one. What's yours? Yeah, I don't... My dad didn't shoot anybody or threaten to beat anybody up, I don't think. Uh, He's maybe a bit more mild than than the men that fathered you two <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> I do remember um, he got talked into going on a trip with a buddy to hike base camp of Everest. And he's he's not really an avid hiker. He's an adventurist. Like he goes, you know, he's rode his motorbike to Alaska and whatnot. But he did go on that trip. And then while he was there was when um, there was a large earthquake slash avalanche, if I remember right. At Base Camp, right of Everest, like it was yeah, like two so years ago, wasn't it? It wasn't threatening to his life, but he was stuck in Nepal for a while. The airport was closed. My mom couldn't get a hold of him. There was a few for like days, how long? Uh, three or four days of radio silence. And I where think. was your mom at? Canada. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nesnet did not hear from him for four days, and there yeah, was an avalanche. Yeah, and then it took a while to get out of there because the airport was closed, and I don't know. They were sleeping in a barn and whatnot. It was a pretty wow, interesting pretty story. Holy fuck. Of all the times to be there, hey? Wait, so where were they when the avalanche happened? I think they were on their way up, but not close to base camp. If they were the, in base camp, they'd have been in trouble. They might have been in bad shape. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. That's scary. That's some wild stories. Holy shit. So... I guess getting back to the podcast side of things and like rodeo part of stuff we talk about, we had a few Canadians make the NFR, but this show's kind of like got less Canadian lately as far as, as far as the content. So we're not too concerned that way. We did this whole show on the top ten bulldoggers. So I guess if you don't know there are five Canadians that made the NFR yet, then now you do. Uh, Zeke Thurston, Norrin Larson, two t- two team roping headers for the first time in a couple of years. Um, Colton Levi. Qualified a couple of years ago now would have been sixteen where Colton was there too. I forget now. Was
1: it the same year they won
0: those guys? It might I think have been. It was what else? And then uh, Curtis Cassidy in the Bulldog, and so you got the five. So five guys going to the NFR. We got uh, uh, Shelby Bojley is going to the uh, Breakaway NFR on that side of things. She's living in Stephenville, going to school there. I guess you kind of count, cool eh? count that as a kind of kind of count that as NFR qualification now. I guess for. For her, and then uh, PBR World Finals. If you didn't hear it yet, going to Arlington, Texas, to the AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys. Currently, one and three. So,
1: is, are guys like are international guys going to get to go to that? Who are in the top thirty-five?
0: Where are the well, Brock's forty-fifth, and I don't, I don't see us having many Dakota's, more events.
1: Dakota was 29th last I looked.
0: Yeah, I think he looked quite a while ago. I think he's still a ways back, but I, I don't know. I have to double-check. Sean's doing some research here, quick. He might be I was, still I there, but there's like just the
1: other. I think like there's the other day.
0: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I might be way off, but I, I think they didn't let him. I think they're maybe banning him because he turned something down. Like maybe he got. He might not get to go anyways.
1: He's 29th in row right now.
0: Right now. Mm-hmm. Huh.
1: At this very juncture. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, I don't know. I don't know that. I can't even tell you. I guess we'll talk because our next guest, we've got him lined up. He's going to be on the show as uh, PBR CEO Sean Gleason. The CEO to talk about that very, uh, very topic about the World Finals moving uh, to Arlington. So, and among, among see, I have things. a
1: question. I have a question for you guys about this. A question uh, for you. you: Is there a chance that we see the, any, either of these finals stay in Texas after this year?
0: Uh, <laughs> interesting. I don't think so. I think they'll both go back to Vegas when Vegas opens up. Would if COVID's still a factor though? Mm, then possibly. But I don't know. Everything's such so up in the air right now, but I don't think they would stay there. There is a contract that's uh there is a contract that's in place where the NFR only left for one year, uh, and there's and it's in it's on paper it's supposed to go back to Vegas next year. So I don't think it'll stay in Texas. The Texans probably want to stay in Texas, obviously, but I don't think it'll stay. I don't think there's of course enough. course they do. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. People that I've heard don't. talk about it, who are avid NFR people and contestants and people that work there and fans, all say they're happy that it's going to Texas for a year and it's going to happen. Yeah. There's just no replacing NFR with everything that goes along with the rodeo. With Vegas, yeah. With entertainment, it's gonna be, be a lot different. Hotels and. It's gonna be a lot different.
1: But I guess you couldn't really bring to the plate in Arlington what Vegas does. I guess. Hey, yeah, exactly. Size?
0: I don't think so. Mm, okay. And plus, you're not going to get fair. the people there. It's just going to be different. Like you're going to get the people that are going to go to watch rodeo, but you're not going to get the all the auxiliary people that go to Vegas, go to Cowboy Christmas, spend all the money. It's just not going to be the same. The Western get, fashioners. Yeah, you're not going to get the as many folks there. I don't think so. We'll <laughs> see what happens. It's going to be one of the biggest sporting events. Yeah. that's like open to the public that goes on anywhere in the world in the next in the next few months. As far as I can, as far as I know, at this point, everything else is. You can did go you watch a football game one day. you guys see the of those Kansas Tampa Bay guys games.
1: celebrating with yeah. the Stanley Cup? Like just freaking high fiving people and letting random people drink out of the cup and just going bananas. Yeah. Did not yeah. see yeah. it. Did But I think the Super yeah, Bowl is in Florida.
0: Is it not? Could be. Who knows? It's in Miami, uh, isn't it? Uh, it was Miami last year? I thought maybe. Oh, I don't know. I forget. I don't know. I'm not too. Don't fall too close. But, but that's a good point. If if fifteen thousand people go to the NFR probably one of the biggest. Is that the largest events. gatherings that's happened since March? Well, it's not because they have sixteen thousand at a lot of football games, but it's in the stadium of eighty thousand. But and it's but it's not for ten days straight either. So it's kind of true. a big gathering of a lot of people in a lot in a, for a long time. But and I don't know what what else is going to look like. We might find out more in the in the coming weeks here. But uh, but anyways, been a great show. Thanks again, uh, Brian Neal, Chance Butterfield, Craig Guthrie, our editor Sean Morton, ho- co-host Wacy. Thanks for making it to seventy-five, man. Uh, appreciate it. We did it, bro. We're doing it. We're really doing it. Thanks for, and thank you all for listening. Thank you all for buying the merchandise. Again, you can get it at cowboyshit.ca or check it out at your local Western store. We'll be in America soon. Hopefully that's the plan. But thanks again. This has been Cowboy Shit. 75th episode, Ted and Wasey Anderson. Thanks for listening.